Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. To the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington, and I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit-Turner. And there really is only two of us this week, isn't there? So, uh, hello, everybody. Officially only two of us, uh, which which is fine. I mean, it's slightly disjointed. It feels a bit odd. Yeah, we miss Luke, obviously. It feels like it's I've... Got, it's got stuff on. <laughs> I feel like I've got a limb missing. I don't know which one. Maybe maybe my left leg. I think my right one's the favourite. So left is probably the, left. the one weakest the weakest one. foot. Not the least <laughs> weakest of your of any of your limbs. He's just not here. Basically, <laughs> basically, he's not here. Yeah. yeah, he's not here. But don't worry, he's not poorly. He's not cancelled. He's none of those things. He's just <laughs> got some day job stuff to do this week. Yeah, maybe we're just anticipating. Uh, no, he's definitely not poorly. He's definitely not cancelled. Uh, apologies if he's your favourite and you've tuned into this episode. Uh, just, just skip it, I guess. Uh, yeah. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Just uh, listen. Just we'll make get up a new favourite, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you got to adapt. Like, uh, if your favourite Power Ranger was the Green Ranger, for example, and then the Green Ranger was written out of the show, don't worry, you got the White Ranger. He's come back. Same guy. When you when you're a kid, it feels like he was gone for a long time, but it was probably like a fortnight. Yeah, yeah, and it also feels like the Green Ranger was around for a long time, and I bet it was only like a short run. I mean, he was he was around longer than most villains in Power Rangers, but I reckon I bet it was a run of like four or five episodes at the very most. Yeah, yeah, he was and definitely then, uh, the best one though. So yeah, anyone who Green was your favourite, absolutely right. Did you used to like invent Power Ranger colors, like uh, either draw them or just uh, make them up when you were playing playing with your friends? I'm I'm the Purple Ranger today. 
He's brand oh, new. De- definitely like playing at school. People had come up with new new Power Rangers, but like I feel like yeah, because it transitioned so quick, because I guess in the UK we were getting them behind schedule. So like there wasn't ever a break when there wasn't one. It went went straight yeah. from the dinosaurs to the ninja swords to whatever came after that. And it went through so many iterations quickly that actually even unimaginative children were spoiled because you had a new thing coming up every every few minutes, a new theme. Brand new. I mean, I was kind of out, out of the loop pretty quick sharp after the standard, after the movie, I think. I think that was where my interest the movie was, was it. The movie kind of was where ended. they got the ninja ones, right? Oh, I yeah, of my, course. Frog. My, Who had the frog? That was Adam, the Black Ranger, the second yeah. Black Ranger. Um, I took my sister. It was one of the first films... That's why I remember it so well. Um, I took my sister to see it, and it was one of the first times that I was considered old enough to take my younger sister without one of our parents coming to <laughs> yeah. the cinema. So I was like, oh, oh go on, take, take sister to see Power Rangers. 24. So I did. <laughs> yeah. So I took her along, and we did it. And then, despite the fact this was two children in a cinema, then two adults came and sat in front of us, so we moved. My sister dropped a massive drink after we sat down in our new seats. So what was like it? A, t- a tidal wave of Fanta just heading down the cinema aisles. It's the Fanta tidal wave. And then for, year, for a long time afterwards, my sister would reenact that great scene with the uh, movie, movie exclusive villain, Ivan Ooze. Because as a, <laughs> as, a, as a young girl in the 1990s, my sister, of course, played the recorder at school. That's um, it. And... You know, she came and bashed one of my friends, Paul. Paul was around for a little visit, just hanging out after school one day. My sister came in with a recorder <laughs> and went, right, now, Paul, it's time to pay the piper. And then just the little Ivanoose thing, the foot goes, and then like, just twatted him oh, yeah. on the head. <laughs> twatted him as well. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she played the Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of Higher Ground, which is what the film opens to. That would have been good on recorder uh yeah so well if you've tuned into this podcast to hear us talk about power horror films, <laughs> sorry that we're doing an extensive history of power rangers uh maybe it's a spin-off show um for the podcast we could you know maybe a anyways, bonus episode. every week they would fight a monster horror related and ivan ooze is pretty gross all tentacly leathery and purple it was a bad man trying to get all those parents to kill themselves Many ways, Vulcan Skulls are the heroes of that of that thing. Oh yeah, and they always started. I always on, knew it. Yeah, knew about Vulcan Skull. One, basically two alternative kids that somehow were the bullies of the situation. <laughs> yeah, when they were picking on five, possibly six, really athletic, popular kids. No yeah. way. No way. I mean, it is basically, ba- backwards basically land. Those two, those two kids are just picking on a couple of underachievers. Oh, shit. Be we, better, we better walk a different way or the goths are going to beat us up. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Poor Balkan no Skull. Okay. Poor Balkan Skull. Justice for Balkan Skull. <laughs> Try and say sc- Skull and Bulk. Don't sound no, right. I can't. It's uh, like Balkan <laughs> Knife. <laughs> chips and fish. It's a poor collocation. Chip, chips and fish. Wow. Uh, okay. Horror news for this week. We've got, uh, there's a trailer for the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, which is dropping on Netflix on February the 18th. This is really strange because I think for a couple of days before this trailer 
and the and the new poster dropped, I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, I'm worried about this film because we haven't seen anything else, and it's arriving next month or this month." Now we're in February. Um, so yeah, and then we got a trailer. Have you seen the trailer? I've seen a bit of the trailer, and then I got sidetracked and haven't seen the end of the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a couple of promise. It looks quite promising. There's a couple of interesting shots. I'm a bit lost as to, you know, what is canon in this world now. And it looks like it's going, it's leaning very heavily into the Halloween 2018 style. What, like, like the first survivor. one is and the rest isn't. It looks like that. Yeah. And also a survivor, um, Sally. As she says, 50 years I've been waiting for this night. Are we supposed to believe that Leatherface has just been chilling for 50 years? And and who we, like I've just got I've just got the visuals on in the background now, so I can catch up on it as we as we go. There's a chainsaw there. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> like, there's a chainsaw there. Oh, and 50. there's a tech and there's a Texas and a massacre. Yeah, and oh, there's a there's a silver-haired lady. Um, she yeah. must be the 50 years the survivor. So she's doing a Laurie Strode, is she? It looks like it. Yeah, it looks like it's leaning very heavily in to Halloween. And it looks like in terms of where Halloween dialed up, like the body count and dialed up the brutality. I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is always very brutal. But also, how old is Leatherface? I was about to is say, he like, he wasn't, I, don't think he, I don't think he was a young man in the original, was he? I, I would say 30 at the very least. So now 50 years later, he's an 80 year old man knocking about. Yeah, uh, fucking people up. And I don't think he's got a. Um, I don't think he's got a particularly healthy lifestyle. No, I can't imagine him sitting down and having a kale salad once a week. Well, he's got he's got quite a poor <laughs> quite a poor diet. He lives in fairly unsanitary conditions. Yeah, if he's, he's alive, a... his comorbidities up the wazoo. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna ha- he's gonna and be it... very poorly. And he wears dead flesh on his face. Which is unsanitary. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's very um, unsanitary. And if it's set in the modern day, the era of COVID, unfortunately, the the nature of the masks that you're wearing, um, Leatherface, <laughs> they neither properly cover your nose or mouth because there's still the holes. By they, design, by yeah. design, they don't cover the nose and the mouth. Are a lot of films now? This was something else I read. Not necessarily horror film related. Do you think a lot of popular media is going to just like ignore the fact that COVID exists story-wise pretty much going forward now? It's not like we're going to get every film and there's going to be COVID regulations in those movies. Surely these films are just going to carry on like normal pre-COVID. Yeah, I think they are. And I think eventually, I know things aren't totally normal yet. I think people will treat it a lot like, let's use a parallel to fiction here, it's going to be a lot like the whole Thanos thing in the Avengers movies. There'll just be a couple of years that didn't really okay. happen. Yeah. Some <laughs> Except, graffiti. You know, some, some people won't get, some people won't get older, um, yeah. you know, and, you know, catch you up at school. That bit won't happen. I bloody but... blipped. I blipped. I've been in quarantine for two years. Blipped. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. It, strangely, I aged twice as fast in those two years. Yeah, put on loads of weight, got loads of problems, got really anxious about everything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, I think what we decided to do was we're going to cover the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. We may do it in a bonus episode form, because I think when we decided upon what the um, lineup was going to be for February, I think we kind of forgot 
that this well i definitely did forgot it was coming out that month it had gone it had gone quiet hadn't it like the guy like it did people go were worrying about it. it had gone quiet and we didn't know what the like i don't think it's been pushed especially hard maybe that as a reason to give us a little bit of a worry as well but um i i read it. somewhere that there were some screenings i guess some test screenings that weren't very well received so i don't know whether that means they've gone back and edited some more or or what or they've added us added a song and dance number yeah there's the a scene at the beginning face. where he finds the fountain of youth and becomes young again <laughs> yeah there we go so yeah i think we're going to cover that i guess as we mentioned the february lineup we should probably discuss the february lineup on this podcast because we've got quite a lot happening a couple of cheeky double bills well sort of yeah, so I think what we're going to do is we're going to cover a couple of movies this month where we essentially cover the original, but we'll treat it like a double bill in a sense that we'll also watch the remake and talk about the remake a bit as well. So it's not like we're going to cover both films extensively like we do usually on the podcast. Yeah, we've not quite cover- recovered from Fear Street yet, have we? That was brutal. <laughs> yeah, that was we, we were awake for 72 hours doing that. Um yeah, so I think we'll cover the, cover the original and then also talk about the remake. So next week, we're going to do the Amityville Horror, the original, and then the Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. One, which I, I've never seen that one. I've never, never seen, seen the... Not sure I've seen either. I might have seen the original. I've definitely seen the original, ago. but a long time ago, yeah, but not the remake. And... Simpsons parody, I know very well. <laughs> Everyone knows. A... If you want... a anything simpsons parody i mean i i only knew west side story via the simpsons until very recently so um and also and the other way around the week after that we're going to do my bloody valentine as a post valentine's day special i've only seen the remake of that one i think Not i've only the seen the remake i've definitely seen i think i saw the remake at the cinema was it in 3d in 3d sure it was it was in 3d it was, yeah. it in 3D. was, 3D. It was right in the wave experience it was riding the wave of 3D. 3D was well in its popularity at that point. So that was 2009, I believe. So if Avatar came out in 2007, possibly. Yeah, some, some people will tell you that Avatar was the, the peak of 3D cinema, but no, My Bloody Valentine. It was My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> I remember watching the Clash of the Titans remake in 3D. And obviously it was in, in post-production uh, 3D where they kind of just took two layers of the film and made it just it wasn't filmed yeah. in 3d it wasn't quite right and that put me off for life um I think my and most if you if... the tweet ever was about the clash of the titans movie the uh, empire was magazine it? asked the rock a question from me i said what would happen if you playing hercules were to fight um oh. <laughs> um sam worthington is it his his yeah. perseus and the rock said ha sam's a good friend of mine but uh R.I.P. Rock- and then the P was beginning of Perseus. So the Rock answered my question. Oh, most, popular, most popular ever been on uh, on Twitter, mate. Wow. I forgot. I completely forgot the Rock was in that Hercules movie as well. So we're talking about Six Degrees of Separation. You've already got a connection in one of the biggest movie stars in the world there, the Rock. Yeah. Tweeted me that time. You two, you two are like uh, two peas in a... Yeah. Two, two peas, peas in a pot. Two, two, two rocks. Pod. Two rocks in a... Two rocks on a gravel pit <laughs> <laughs> two rocks and a gravel it's not as it's not as catchy a saying but uh god damn it i like it yeah <laughs> so that's uh, that's the first three and then what we rounding off the month with 
yeah, sorry, I completely lost my train of thought there. And then we're rounding off the month with Orphan. Uh, we're going to have a special guest um, joining us for that as well. Uh, but yeah, if you follow uh, Hawk and Cleaver on social media or if you join the Horror Hangout Patreon, you can see all the details of that. Or join or follow the Hawk and sorry, or follow the Horror Hangout Instagram, Horror Hangout Podcast. We're posting far more regularly now. Uh, you can get your podcast news immediately, hot off the press. Yeah, so you make these decisions. And we're actually doing a little bit of a... We've got a new and improved spreadsheet with all the films that we want to get around to watching. Obviously, we inject new releases as and when they come around, but we've scoured our memories of other things that we really wanted to make sure that we covered. If you want to make sure your favourites are represented, all those ways we just mentioned... Get in touch, chuck the chuck the suggestions in, we'll get them on the list. Yeah. Or be sure to check back the history of the podcast as well. Cause I'm for, even I'm forgetting what films we've covered and, and what films we haven't. Um now we're two hundred and something episodes deep. It's yeah. easy to forget. And we've done uh, so few sequels. <laughs> so few yeah. sequels. Like we've done two Nightmare on Elm Streets. A couple mm-hmm. of I think the franchise we've covered most is probably Alien, because you've done yeah, I think but, I think we've all but Prometheus. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, we've not, done, we've not done AVP movies either now. Uh, so yeah, with with I mean, I guess with that in mind, we're going to be doing a bonus episode for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We're going to be doing a bonus episode featuring uh, Gem Carmella from the My Turn podcast. You may remember her when she joined us last year for the episode about Doom. Um, but we're going to kind of take a little go off the beaten track a little bit we're going to talk about a horror game well a horror game i mean you yeah, would call it a horror it is a, i think the sp- makers of this game recently the makers of this game recently called it like an action game and they said the new one's going to be a survival horror game but we're going to discuss alan wake remastered because me and jem both played it recently and andy's a fan of the original I and mean, has played the original so we're gonna just start the together. remake i'm getting through it uh, i might not oh, okay. finish it before we record but i remember it well enough it's fine yeah so we're gonna discuss that and that's hopefully that's gonna be an offshoot of the podcast something we discuss um for bonus episodes uh horror games because we're all big gamers and we all love horror games as well so it's definitely worth us chatting about that we can look, at, we can look at some games a little bit more now we've got the bonus stuff that's coming out as well all the more reason to get stuck in plenty of Hot, fresh content coming at you. Hot and fresh, like a horror bakery. But speaking of hot, fresh content, what hot, fresh content have you absorbed this week in in horror watching and playing and reading, Then That's an absolutely phenomenal hot and fresh segue. I love it. Oh, wait. No, sorry. Put a pin in that segue. Don't want to ruin that segue. Also, in terms of bonus content, we've also decided to do a new format of bonus content pitch a remake slash pitch a sequel so we're going to decide on what theme it will be per episode but me luke and andy we've all got a bit of background in writing horror as well for various podcasts um, and other fiction so what we're going to do is put that to the test by pitching um, a remake or a sequel for a popular horror franchise Um, not always a horror franchise maybe a standalone movie that we think that could do of a sequel we're going to pitch it um and probably maybe get people to vote for their favorite if they're if we've got the capacity of doing that um 
so yeah that could be fun and i think possibly we may be doing a nightmare on elm street first yes been got an idea for some ideas right i know that luke has an idea for a new friday the 13th movie as well i need to get one to stack up against him on that one but yeah, yeah a lot of fun and if you've again you've got things that you'd like to hear what we'd what we do with fire it on over yeah and also just and fire your suggestions over when when we start putting that bonus content out we really do want um people to interact with us and give us your ideas as well because uh that's fun uh and then we'll steal never. it and uh use it for profit we wouldn't we would never we would never do that no we're not uh, hollywood we're not hollywood yet uh no we're not <laughs> but going back to your segue there, Andy, because it was good, and I don't want to forget yeah. it. We're back. We're hot, back to it. So, fresh. what hot, fresh content have you been putting in your eyes and mind? Putting in my eyes and mind. Uh, not much into my mind, unfortunately, because there's not much going on in there uh, at all times. However, I've watched a couple of things this week. I watched a documentary called "Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched: A History of Folk Horror." I think I mentioned this on a podcast recently as something I was gonna watch. Uh, that been released so it was on shudder and this is pretty intense it is like three hours long and it is a definitive and extensive history of the genre of folk horror covering so much and also covering films that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily associate with folk horror but also covering so many films that i never heard of or kind of knew about but didn't really think of my watch list is bloated after watching this uh, documentary, it oh, covers okay. everything. It covers folk horror from like the origins of the genre to how it's been perceived and put out in various countries and various um, various foreign cinema um, through to modern sort of folk horror and the origins of like where that term began and what it means to be a folk horror movie. And it's quite a broad there is quite a broad scope for it so i find it really really interesting i needed to i needed to digest it in a couple of um sessions just it's because quite of viewing, so. it's quite an extensive yeah documentary right yeah it's quite an extensive documentary three three hours i what, put it on put it on once yeah i know it's pretty pretty intense but yeah if you're a fan of the genre even if you've got a passing interest in the genre definitely check it out because i think it'll make you i mean a lot of interesting interesting folk as you involved. said lots of interesting lots of good folk. watch lists as well yeah so yeah i'll put you on the spot then ben how would you having now watched this documentary of course you've had a little bit of time to prep how would you define what makes a folk horror movie oh, yeah, it's a great question it's a great question there now there's a lot of cliched things that you think of when it comes to folk horror like witchcraft rituals but i kind of think the one thing that defines folk horror the most seems to be obviously there's like a connection to the land like some form of connection to it but there's a lot about being an outsider and being suddenly thrust into this bizarre strange world where you're perceived as an outsider but also you just slowly start to uncover and unravel some level of mystery now i wouldn't always say it needed to be a witch or a cult or something like that or a curse but just that thing of being an outsider I've, I've, i think definitely being the countryside definitely sort of adds to it there was one movie which they covered which is a film i saw which is probably the trippiest film i've ever seen which is ben wheatley's a field in england okay uh 
and they cover that. And I think that for me is one of the most definitive sort of folk horror is where you're, you feel as a viewer, you feel like an outsider watching that. You feel like you're the outsider, you know, um, you're the police officer from the wicker man being thrust into this strange world and uncovering all these dark mysteries. I think when you as the viewer feel like that outsider in the moment while watching the film, I think that's really what a folk horror film is. But there's loads of stuff. I mean, they even talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre being a folk horror because it's because it takes place. It's just um, different. It's just different folk. It's just different folk. It's essentially like think of the village where there's a a community that are so embroiled in their sort of way of life that, that they've forgotten that the outside world exists and that when an outsider comes into that setup, it fucks things up. So would for you everyone involved but that is wrong turn a folk horror I'd argue I by that say. but I'd argue by that certainly the new one certainly the new one yeah I think this is the thing this is what I love about horror as a genre so much is that even like a subgenre of horror like folk horror can have so a lot, many, there's so a much lot crossover in it a lot within it. Yeah. You've just reminded me, Ben. I should add Children of the Corn to our watching. <laughs> yeah, Children of there. Children of the Corn is covered in this movie. But oh, it kind of like cover. It covers the essentially the, there's a trilogy of films: Witchfinder Gen, Witchfinder General, Blood on Satan's Claw, and The Wicker Man mm-hmm. as like the definitive folk horror movies, and that anything else that kind of even calls upon those films. Um, but there's yeah, loads of interesting people talking about folk horror. Robert Eggers talking about folk horror, obviously director. That sounds of really good. Lighthouse the Witch. Um, yeah, I would I, define, I, I really enjoyed I would it. Define her folk horror as always having one of the three following things: either mm-hmm. um, some central theme beyond. It doesn't have to be a god or a devil in the Christian sense. It could be you know a pagan religion. It could be anything, but. There is some kind of mysterious, usually unseen higher power, which is defined as the driving force for the actions of the human antagonists. Mm-hmm. Secondly, um, if that doesn't exist, then the other two factors to identify folk horror is that someone, at least one character, will be wearing a cardigan. Um, and third, <laughs> music, it. music in the score of some kind of unusual instrument that you wouldn't find in a in your in your average music shop. So a glockenspiel, a lute or a glockenspiel <laughs> or an ocarina or something along those. Ocarina is the Legend of Zelda folk yeah, horror. It is uh, a little a little panpipes maybe. Oh yeah. Not just those. Very not nice. just those. Not just those fellows. I like the thought of the town center selling those CDs. Winkle pickers as well. You say cardigan. Now, if cardigan is worn by one character, winkle pickers by the other. And yeah. interesting facial hair sometimes, you know. Oh yeah, a, car- a cardigan. It could go to a, a a goodie or a baddie. I think it depends on what haircut they've got. If your cardigan wearer has sensible haircut, they might be the expert character, the professor, the one that's researching it. If your person <laughs> wearing a cardigan has got mad hair, get out of there. Get out of there immediately. Turn around and run. Or if you're the policeman in the Wickerman, do have sex with a landlord's daughter because you're going to get killed to being a massive virgin at the end. 
killed for being a massive virgin. Are you a massive virgin or just an average sized virgin? I'm pretty sure I'm a massive virgin. Get in the wickerman. Burn him up. Burn him up. Ah, dear. But yeah, so maybe Witchfinder General needs to go on the list as well. I don't, know if you're physic- have you, I don't know if you've physically got a list there or you're pretending I've to got, write. No, I am writing it down and then I'll transfer it to the sheet afterwards. Would you say the, the form of knitwear you've got on right now could could be included in folk horror? No, it's not a chunk. It's not really a chunky knit. It's um, This is my children's television presenter jumper. <laughs> yeah, Andy Peters. Yeah, come on. All right, it's me. <laughs> Can you, read um, out a, can you read out a birthday card from... Uh, <laughs> oh, here's, here's a picture from Jake from Rochester. Here's a picture of him with Thomas <laughs> the Tank Engine. And you open a little face and he's in there. Little big moon face kid. Ooh. A six-year-old kid today. has sent us a drawing of the Wicker Man. Someone's burning alive yeah. inside it as well. That's lovely. Very From creative. the Isle of wherever, that, the, the Isle of the Sun. Or, what are the Isle is called? Oh, Summer's yeah, Isle. Summer's Isle, that's it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or is, that in, or, is that, or is that in the Elder Scrolls, the Summer's Isle? I don't know. They've lost I'm it. I'm pretty sure it's Lord Summer Isle is uh, Chris, Christopher Lee. Um, and it takes place uh, on Summer Isle. Yes. Oh, nailed it. Got it in one. Got it in okay. one. Documentary aside, what else have you been slapping oh, man. The only other thing I've seen is uh, the new Guillermo del Toro movie, Nightmare Alley. Um, I did enjoy it i really liked it it's a really really well made film you know you're watching a sort of piece of great gdt's got that production down yeah the production's great it lacked some of like the traditional gdt charm i think and the gothic the gothic charm and flair possibly um but the cast like everyone involved are at the top of their game so bradley cooper is the lead and I think Leonardo DiCaprio was attached to be in this movie and Bradley Cooper replaced him. He's he's great. Rooney Mara is amazing. Um, and then Kate Blanchett is amazing. Willem Dafoe's amazing. Belters. What a cast. Willem Dafoe's in it, but not as much as I would have liked. Um, Ron Perlman. The first act is by far the strongest. After that, it kind of loses its way a little bit. Maybe doesn't live up to the initial promise, but it's a very interesting story. It's not like supernatural or horror in any way really but it was it was fascinating i really enjoyed it and it was like two and a half hours long but it flew by so i think you can always tell that it's a good i do really want to see it but the good news is i guess in the world we live in right now if i don't make it to the cinema to see it stuff comes out on streaming so fast i I believe it may already be available on demand somewhere i don't know where but i definitely saw it pop up on on my Twitter feed recently saying now available on demand. Wow, that'd, be, so, that'd be great. Well, once it's available somewhere I can reach it in the world, then I shall go and see that because uh, a bit busier than it's hard to find yeah. summer time. Oh, well. Of course. Definitely, yeah. definitely recommend Anything it. Anything else uh, watched? That's it. That's it. How about yourself? Um, in the horror world, I have I finished my run of all of the Child's Play movies. So I finished, oh, I think, impressive. When, we, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, I'd done most of them apart from the last one. So I finished the last one of Domenchini's films, the, so the, the Cult of Jockey. Again, with that series, I think I said at the time, like having a singular creator keep their hands on it and keep their hands on the helm because... He directed some, he wrote all, he wrote, has writing credits on all of them. 
having that single creator with that has really helped keep that franchise on track. And even though you're talking about what on the surface is, you know, a crazy concept to possess doll that gets people, it is a franchise that you come back to and you think, I do still see the connected, I do still see the connected tissue. They go a long way to make sure that it all still works and it doesn't break itself. You're not in that horrible, how many alternative timelines exist for Mike Myers. You're not, um, he hasn't ended up in space yet. Um, and actually listen to it, it has got not quite so overtly into the craft of filmmaking as your, your screen movies, but it does have some sideways looks at the industry and the tropes as a whole. And off the back of that, I made a start on the series. I've watched the first two episodes. You know what? It's real good. The series is excellent. Yeah. Well, you fired a, a recommendation at me and yeah. Luke, and it is on the list for me to for me to check out because I've heard nothing but positive things about it. Yeah. So see the first two episodes, just really, really well done so far. Um, I'm looking forward to having some time later in the week to dive in on a few more. Um, other than that, started Alan Wake playing a bit of uh, playing a bit of that, but no other no other major major watches apart from that. Yeah, uh, apart from of course that is the that is the next part of the show, isn't it? Yeah, I've it is. My way. That's the next part of the show. Apart from the film of the week, which is another slice. I think that's how I described last week's movie: slice of animal centric horror um so yeah this week's film is a movie called burning bright which is a 2010 horror fit holler <laughs> jesus let me start that again it's a 2010 horror thriller film you can see where i went wrong mm -hmm. directed by carlos brooks and starring brianna evigan garrett dillahunt meatloaf and charlie tahan uh, now, the film central centers around a young woman and her autistic little brother who are trapped in a house with a ravenous tiger during a hurricane. I mean, it, it's happened to the best of us. We've all been there. We know how frustrating it can be. Um, now, one of the reasons we decided to do this, obviously, we did some monkey horror last week and we were talking about animal horror movies. But also, we've heard this compared to the movie Crawl quite a lot which is Hurricane, but instead of being trapped in a house with a tiger, trapped in a house with an alligator? I, was, I never remember if it was an alligator or a crocodile. Alligators, I think. Yeah. yeah. Alligators. Have you, seen, have you seen that? Yeah, I saw that at the cinema. I think it was a secret. Yeah, I think it was one of those ones where it's a secret cinema thing, and, you know, they, they show you a film at random. Okay. And then the secret cinema film inevitably starts, and then several people get up and walk out because it isn't the new Avengers film six months early. <laughs> yeah. So pissed off. Oh. It wasn't, it wasn't Endgame. Oh, like, yeah. You think, that like, is a ridiculous. film that is going to smash box office records. Do you think they're going to use that as a secret cinema screening? So Turns you got, out yeah. it's a, yeah. Or it's a film that like, even the concept of it hasn't, like it's definitely not even been made. And they're like, well, it might be the new one of this. I think I told you this story before that my local pub I used to go to when I was like a teenager, this guy used to come and sell in DVDs. And I always used to have like a bit, of, I, I want to call it banter, but I was genuinely annoyed because he'd try and convince people that like he had the new, I don't know. I think this instance was, I've got in the new Indiana Jones. 
and me, who was like, I used to read Slash Film every single day, slashfilm.com, right? I knew when films were being made and when, when they were coming out. I was like, it's not even been made yet. He's like, nah, you can get it. You can get it. I'm like, you can get a film that hasn't even been made? Who are you? Are you a bloody penny crayon? You're just gonna... <laughs> What's going on here? I don't know why I said that. But... <laughs> That's good. Now I follow it. It's good. <laughs> you get it. You get it. Yeah, penny um, crayon can manifest anything she wants. If yeah. she was to draw um, Indiana Story Jones, board. that would be done. Would all those come to life, though, as little tiny Indiana Joneses? I suppose they would, yeah. That'd be, and that'd You'd be have that, to draw a picture of a DVD and write on the cover yeah. Indiana Jones for actual film, 100% legit copy. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so that kind of thing used to happen. So, for example, those secret cinema things where people used to say, oh, it's going to be James, the new James Bond starring Idris Elba. I was like, don't think he's even been officially confirmed to be, be the next <laughs> James Bond, let alone they made another film. Yeah, yeah, it's probably that. Yeah, and this, I, I think it was up. another one I saw. It was the film that it was, was The Heart of the Sea, the Chris, Hem, the Chris Hemsworth, oh, um, yeah. Mo Moby Dick film. Yeah. And it came out about a fortnight or so before The Force Awakens came out. And people like that, it, I went there and it was absolutely freaking packed. As if it would be that. And, and people were like, like, oh, it's going to be... So yeah, what they're going to do is they're going to show exclusively a fortnight before even the world premiere, even the premiere where the stars and everything are going to be, they're going to show that in a UK cinema chain two weeks before it comes out. That is going to be the film it is, is it? So, it could so be. Could be. It's, it's PG. Four, PG. I was going to show it's a 400 shit muncher. Sorry to tie you with that brush there. And... <laughs> no, no. 399. I knew it wasn't that. I was like, I'm just going to go and see this film. <laughs> I remember. I went to one of those, right? So one of the movies that I've had the biggest problem with over the last, well, I say 10 years, a bit older than that, is that Now You See Me, you know, the film. Now You See Me, I'm pretty sure I saw that, like a secret film as well. So I remember seeing that film. I remember now I saw it. <laughs> I remember seeing it and going, <laughs> like, it, it was so pretentious. It done my head. I was like, right, you think that was a trick? Actually, it was this. And then it shows you what really happened. And I go, oh, shove up your ass. I hated that film. And one time I went to the secret <laughs> cinema and it was Now You See Me too. That and, must have and, been my sort of the secret one. I, I sat and watched. I was fuming. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Now You See Me. Um, I probably enjoyed it more than you because freaking love some magic. Magic's great. But Shazam. Shazam. I, was, I was a little bit disappointed that the second one was called Now You See Me Too and not Now You Don't. Should write itself. Oh, yeah. What, what can they call the third one? Now you see me again, or or now you see me, Cole, and nothing up my sleeves. <laughs> Please write that down. <laughs> For the next episode of Picture Remake, uh, we're going to be doing Now You See Me Free. I know it's not horror related, but maybe it is. Uh, because the Black Arts, magic. Jesse Eisenberg. Is that his name? Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg playing himself, or at least what I think it's going to be himself. Jesse Eisenberg playing. What's the Facebook guy called? Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg playing Mark Zuckerberg in Now You See Me Free. That's all he does. He just does the Zuckerberg all the time. Just does the Zuckerberg. Talking, talk, talking fast and saying he's cleverer than people. Yeah. I wonder how he feels about Mark Zuckerberg, like genuinely. If you went, how do you feel about Mark Zuckerberg? I fucking hate him. I absolutely hate him. People mistake me for him all the time now. 
Yeah, they do. Devastated. Anyway, so back to this film, <laughs> <laughs> which is essentially like the life of Pi, but in a house rather than on a boat. I'm joking because life of Pi was life of Pi was pretty amazing. Uh, this I'll is say like... that this isn't, but it's um, it's a different one, isn't it? And like I think if you look at the title, the title could be. Um... It feels like it could have come out of like an idea, like a random ideas machine that you programmed an AI to give you ideas for films. And it's like hurricane outside, tiger inside, added little peril. You've got a, like an autistic brother to try and keep away from this tiger as well. Why is it called Burning Bright? Just because she has a girl the, fire. Because of, of the poem that's about a tiger, isn't it? Is it William Blake? Tiger, tiger, burning bright. Hey, I've got you. There's me all uncultured. Being like, oh, you're cool, burning bright. It's very oh. dark outside. If I'd known that, then I would have worn a polo neck rather than this colourful jumper. And I could have uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little beret on. Done a, done a poem. We could have had yeah. Andy Conduit Turner does William Blake yeah. exclusively on, on the, the poetry hangouts. <laughs> the poetry corner. I thought it was just because she lit a bit of, made a f- torch out of some fire towards the end. Yeah. Oh, that's why it's called burning bright. Yeah, got it. Uh, no, so yeah, it's about, it's is, about uh, that without having to say tiger, tiger in the house. This is a claustrophobic sort of like thriller, horror thriller. It kind of skimps on the horror a little bit because it's not too... I mean, obviously there's the threat, there's the peril, the scary, evil tiger. Because it's not just a standard tiger, not a tiger who's just milling about, just escaped from a cage. It's an evil tiger. And, what's, and the yeah. tiger's name it's Lucifer. is Lucifer. So, do you reckon that's nominative determinism? Like, he wouldn't have been the evil, evil tiger until they named him after Satan. So, as well, if I'm yeah. if I'm being labelled literally the archetype of evil, then I might as well kill the most beautiful horse. And oh yeah, it, well, this is the woman. thing. He even gets a he even gets a backstory to try and give him like to try and really hammer home the idea that this tiger is evil. He's, He's not a bad... just a little bit bad. He's evil. But he's, he's, a, he's evil. A properly personified. Ti- evil tiger. Personified. Tiger. Tigonified. Tigonified. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I understand that with the with the lack of horror, like there isn't much blood and guts and gore because there's not really an opportunity to genuinely hurt anybody. Because there's only a couple. There's only a couple of characters, aren't there? There's only a couple can... of characters, and both of them are like main characters. So you know, if you saw one of them getting their guts ripped out immediately the film would be over fairly quick and it's only a short film you know it's 86 minutes which is tight i think conceptually there's some really strong stuff here um i think it suffers we'll come to review in the end but it suffers a bit in execution but i really like that they tried this i think the claustrophobia is very well done because you can't all the things that you scream at things they'll get outside can't it's a hurricane yeah, I know. And the worst. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. What's the what's the perception of this in the public eye? What, what yeah, so I for, I forgot to read out this gen the score. So it's got five point nine on IMDb. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's got forty six percent audience score, but there's no critic score because it's only got three reviews. I don't think we've ever had that on this podcast. I think there's always been a critic score enough for a for critical consensus. But nobody seemed to, to see Burning Bright. It's because it's called Burning Bright and not Tiger and Ash during Hurricane. Yeah, Hurricane House plus Tiger. 
Hurricane House plus yeah, what else could you have called it? Tiger House, Tiger Resident, Resident Tiger. I don't know. 2.9 2.9 on Letterbox. We've got some choice reviews here. There's a user called HH Review. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Who's that? Yeah. Uh, they say Triple H is younger a... brother. <laughs> Are you going to get into wrestling? Uh, Double H. Nah, just going to do reviews on Letterboxd. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so he says, oh, actually, I don't know. They say, just a full-length feature of my cat when I don't give him his sixth treat of the day. What, just like smashing through walls and shit? That's pretty terrifying. Eating um, your entire mattress? Oh, yeah. Uh, do, do you know what I, I do like, though? And I like the full... I like the thought of using a mattress as a defense mechanism because I always kind of think they're bloody massive and awkward. Uh, one of my favorite instances of that is in the movie Drive when uh, Ryan Gosling like slings a mattress up against a door when someone comes through with a, sh- I think it's a shotgun. Um, I just think it's great. Like you'd never ever think you're about to open a door ready to kill someone. Fuck, there's a mattress coming out. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it should be used as a defense mechanism in most uh, even, movies when there's a threat. A little bit against the tiger. It works very well. And, and uh, I think I'll, I'll go out there and say, like, this is one of the things that I use when I think about. Sometimes I'll think about tigers when, you know, you've got like a nerve wracking <laughs> situation. You know, you've got, you've got the big presentation. You've got to speak in front of a, you've got to speak in front of a crowd. <laughs> you're going to meet someone that is, you know, you know, that's like, you know, like a hero of yours or is or is influential or you're worried about about anything to do with interacting with people. I think to myself, sometimes I sit there and think about this in meetings at work, like when people are very, got a lot of authority, a lot of gravitas about it. The tiger just came in here, we'd all be the same. Like, we talked about like fighting an ape the other day. I would, yeah. even though they try and get your fingers off and your and rip your nuts off and stuff i would fight an ape over a tiger and i don't know what you could do against the tiger because they're massive and they get you what would you do like everything you mat- like, you'd need a mattress everything a tiger can do, can do like every, there's all of their weapons are just invincible like i don't I think, think i can mat- fight a tiger i think a mattress is good but if you haven't got a mattress a duvet is always good because i always think I was thinking that when I think about zombie apocalypses, I think... Giraffe more than you do now. (laughs) If they just burst into the bedroom while I was asleep, just get the duvet up and they'd be like clawing at it and biting at it and then you get them in there. Oh, you could do that trick with dogs where you like drop it and then you run away behind the door and they'd be like, he's gone. They'd have no idea where you were. Exactly. Idiots. I wonder where you were going going with that tiger point. But then you said, I thought you were going to say, could be worse, it could be a tiger in here. So if you're in any bad situation, you could go, well, at least there's not a tiger no, in the tiger. Room. No, it's just that like, if you're worried about meeting people or what people will think of you in a social situation, all comes down to it. If a tiger comes in... Everyone would soil themselves. Everyone's, everyone is as fucked. No one yeah. knows what they're doing with a tiger. Unless you're literally in a meeting with like Haven <laughs> the Hunter, then... What, are they, what about those uh, tiger... Uh, performance guys 
One of them got killed by a tiger. Yeah, one of them. I was going to say one of them got killed. I can't think of names today. Do you have one of those days where just like, Siegfried I cannot and, think Siegfried of... and Roy. Siegfried and, and Roy. I don't think he really got killed by a tiger before anyone tweets in. He, I think he was attacked by a tiger and then he had a stroke or something years later. But oh, he, um, yeah, he, yeah, tigers, I'll get you. God. 2003 tiger incident, yeah. Someone was, oh God, the tiger was called Manticore. That's terrifying. It's almost no! like Lucifer. Stop no, Manticore! Manticore, <laughs> no! Terrifying. Yeah. Oh, wait, and of couple, course, couple... this was made pre, you know, pre, um, pre-Tiger pre King as well. Like, you know, the attitudes to people oh having tigers yes. changed. There are moments in Tiger King, right? Obviously, it's... Joe Exotic is uh, an interesting, charismatic, and definitely evil man. Like on some degree, he's evil because there's been a lot of poorly treated animals and stuff. But there were moments in Tiger King where I was just like, you like you become sort of um, accustomed to tigers being around so much that you you like playing God, and then suddenly you're like, oh, actually, I'm going to get in with this tiger. And there are a few times when they're attacking him. There's a moment where he's filming something and he's like hitting it with a stick, with his with his uh, walking stick, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, shit. They're terrifying. Yeah. And those are not big tigers. Tigers can be huge, huge. I certainly Um, would, at very least, not want to be in the house with one when there was a hurricane on. Were there any more reviews to cover then? I've sidetracked. Oh, yeah, sorry. A couple more reviews. So Robert Saucedo says, this film is Christine with a tiger. That's an interesting comparison uh, to compare it to uh, a car, a killer car movie. Um, very interesting. And also one more review from Mr. Luke Condor himself. Oh, really? Oh, yes, gave he us, sent it over, yeah. Which he gave us prior to this recording. He said, it shouldn't be that easy to evade a tiger. I think the tiger is broken. I mean, yeah, I think the tiger is broken because I think they even make out that as, an e- as it's an evil tiger. Yeah, because it's an evil it's tiger, it's, people not, a bit. it's not taking the logical way because he's trying to get the girl. Maybe that's why Tom gets around the house so easily. He's like, no, no, I'm ignoring you. I'm trying to get trying to get her. I'm trying to get her, exactly, yeah. Uh, so that is that. So how does this film start? Okay, We begin it with, with our meatloaf transaction. Cameo. Yeah. So uh, meatloaf, rest in peace, meatloaf. He stars in this movie in the cameo role. I did watch a documentary about Meatloaf recently and he said something like he'd been in, I don't know, 165 films or something like that. And maybe, maybe, maybe far, far more than that. All the audience clapped and he said, no, no, no. Only 38 of them were good. I wonder if he includes Burning Bright. As, as one, one of his good, good films or his, or his bad ones. Who knows? It's, I mean, yeah, who knows? We'll never know. Maybe we'll never know. So essentially, he, he, meeting Meatloaf is what the is what the man, uh, like the dad of the story, does to begin with. He's he's popped off to meet Meatloaf at like just the side of like the A four one nine or something. He's just like parked up at the side of the yeah. road. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where you're doing like a transaction. It's like we'll say we'll both drive and we'll meet in the middle. That's um, fair. Yeah, they, so they they've met, um, and he's gone right. Want to buy this? Want to buy this tiger here? Because he is starting, and again, pre-Tiger King world, he is starting a, like a roadside oh, zoo yeah. or a safari park. He wants to open, right? Dodgy. 
He wants to, and he wants a big old, a big scary tiger to, um, he wants a big scary tiger to put in his zoo. But he's a, he's a right old chancer. He tries to do some, tries to do a bit of haggling and says, oh, well, I forget what his reason is that he doesn't want to pay so much. I think he says that, Initially, says about oh, it doesn't know any tricks. Scary. That's it. Yeah. Doesn't know any tricks. Oh, as murder for a trick, it murders yeah. things. How's yeah, that for a trick? Oh, it's yeah, a murder can it, can it catch a ball. Can it catch it's a ball? A can it tiger. jump? Can it jump through a, a hoop? And the meatloaf goes, "Listen, mate, this Listen, tiger <laughs> um, is actually evil." And he tells the story about circus horses and says, "Yeah, it was at the circus once, and it escaped while all the people were screaming." And it went and it um, did it like kill the horse in a mean way? Like he broke its neck so it was just paralyzed and he could eat it alive. He broke it, yeah. I think he did something like that. So the, the tiger also has a base knowledge of medicine and physiology to be to know that it can do those <laughs> things. So it's a very powerful tiger. It's just built in, mate. It's just built in. And he was like, oh, well, and he's like, well, and the guy's still a bit of a chance. He's like, well, come on, well, like tiger at a horse, so what? And he's like, no, no, it ignored like six other horses to get that one you know why i did it because it was the most beautiful but but based on whose opinion i kept thinking who's thinking the horse is beautiful you meatloaf are you deciding <laughs> are, you the ranking horses the are, horses? <laughs> are you ranking the horses and which one you find more attractive yeah which one's the which one's most beautiful the sexiest oh, horse is the one he, maybe that one, the one was one the biggest got. maybe that one was the biggest maybe that one was i don't know um, but this guy who's haggling is haggling to the extreme. He's like, knock five grand off, will you? If it doesn't do any tricks, knock five grand off. How much is he paying for it? Yeah, he pays like he pays like a like six grand for it. <laughs> like you're gonna knock five, you're gonna knock just a thousand something from a Can petrol. you imagine? Can you imagine knowing someone like this? I mean, we all know people who are impulsive, but could you imagine someone going, I've withdrawn all the money from the only bank account we've got, I've withdrawn it all. Uh to buy a tiger. From my stepdaughter to go to college, but I've withdrawn it all to buy a tiger, right? From a roadside zoo. Why? I'm opening a safari park and I need scary animals. What? I mean, you know, people are impulsive. They're like, oh, I'm off to Vegas now. See you later. And you go, all right, I'll see you later. That's random. It's a, goodbye. This would be Ed doing if this was anyone you yeah, knew or be, it was a relation. Yeah, just, off, just nipped out to buy a tiger. Well, don't we need to discuss this about meatloaf's waiting for me. <laughs> He's and on he the M6 already. He's going to be. He's on the yeah. M6. Um, yeah, uh, when. Don't like waiting. Don't we, keep we, him waiting. We've established that, again, of all the things meatloaf would do, um, he won't do that, which is accept a lower price for his tiger. He would um, not accept uh, it being under offered by like five thousand no, he is not gonna be haggled with on this at all he says no the tiger's evil evil but um if you if you're not serious mate fuck yourself i guess and then the the stepdad basically fucks it even more because he absolutely he wasn't prepared like negotiation 101 like he's gone in for a thing and he's not been prepared to walk away if it hadn't gone his way yeah. so as soon as meatloaf's like now nah, mate Sodia, I'm off. And he was like, oh no, well, here's here's what you wanted. And in fact, here's a little bit extra for your for your trouble. Have more money. He's bad at haggling. Absolutely He's ended up awful. haggling himself. The worst, 
the worst at haggling. Oh, can I have some money off? Uh, what? Sorry, that was the price has gone up now. All oh, right, sorry. Yeah, oh, well, I'll just take double. Bye. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's all the money. Um, and either way, he's secured his tiger. Meatloaf gives him a bit of advice as that make sure you move the trailer with the chain, don't ever touch the cage. That's that's no good. Yeah. Tiger's evil. I cannot stress that enough. Yeah, um, he's, he's very, very evil. Um, he's like, is he, he, is he, he said, I, I guess, Meatloaf, of all the things he does say, he never establishes that he's not an inside tiger. Yeah, he doesn't say, where are you keeping him? Oh, just in the house. Don't. Not don't in the house. That. Not in the house. He says, you are, you are going to keep this in a cage and not in your, not in your house, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to keep him in a cage. Even if there's a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I might board at the windows and just, uh, okay, just make sure no one else is in the house. Yeah, just don't seal the tiger in a house with any relatives, even if they are insured at the wazoo. So, obviously, this, we will be spoiling this movie, but what happens here is that this guy, this dad, um, the stepdad, what's his name? Safari dad. Safari, I nearly said Safari dad, Johnny. Um, Johnny, He's obviously got, he's got a plan in place from the from the word go the reason he's buying this tiger isn't for a safari park it's for someone else but he's got the thing is right i was going to ask you this is the tiger purely for this murder or because he has other animals that yeah he has he has other animals as well so is he actually building a safari park and it's just incidental that he wants to use them for this murder Maybe he's been trying to murder them with all the other animals up to this point, but it's just not paid off. Ocelot's not big enough. (laughs) Ocelot's not big enough. Uh, What else? Tortoise. (laughs) I've got, I've got, I've got the bunnies, but they're not good enough. Like I don't understand. Last last tropical storm, I left fifty bunnies in the house, and they just had a great time. They just had a great time. They had the best time ever, if anything. I left. I even left them covered in carrots, but they just just nibbled them, just nibbled them. Didn't even kill anyone. Gutted. Uh, yeah. So, so he's, bit, he's he's gone hard with this with this tiger. But yeah, that's that's meatloaf gone. As we were meatloaf drives of... off like a bat out of hell, uh, and that's <laughs> it. And then we're introduced to uh, the main character Kelly and her autistic brother Tom. There are a sp- uh, it's a special hospital, isn't it? So Tom's got autism. I would say pretty extreme autism. Like very, very severely, isn't it? Because we very know that severe. these things are a spectrum and I am not in any way qualified to say how much of a realistic representation this is. But he is shown to have extremely, extremely... like. How did you feel about this representation of autism? Did you feel like it was... M- I don't. This, this is the thing. I know it's a spectrum. I understand. I know people with autism. I've experienced people with autism, but I've never really seen anyone with this extreme autism unless it's possibly in a documentary, the autism documentary. I think I've, I've seen a few things. Yeah. Was this a t- was it a tasteful representation of someone with autism? Would you say that was fair or not? Yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's so. It's so hard to say. Like I, I guess feel, we're not. I guess we're not qualified to. Yeah, to I'm not qualified so. to say with it. I've seen examples of people who have, you know, you know, very very extreme and very life limiting autism, and I know that there are uh, other people who, you know, have 
day-to-day challenges, but, you know, are perfectly capable of living uh, a normal life. When it comes to this extreme example that we see here, it does add an extra dimension to the... it, It adds quite another dimension of peril to the film, and it kind of excuses some of the things that you would be shouting at of, as tropes of the movie of why don't you just do this because it's not that simple and you can't do that so I think this is a really it could be an effective tool for showing the challenges of this film and I do think it gives our main character Kelly quite a lot to wrestle with because I think the film does a decent job of showing that she loves her brother but actually there are things about having to take care of measures because their mom is dead um, and their stepdad is off buying tigers is <laughs> that she does, she absolutely loves her brother and she wants to spend a lot of time with him, but she's reached a stage in her life where it's become really limiting. She's meant to go off to college and, you know, mm. people who have to take well, care of relatives have aspirations very... and things they want to do. Right. So it's really difficult mm. and he can be, I can't qualify how realistic this representation is, but at, taken at face value from what the film presents, he is difficult to be around, right? I think one thing that it seemed to represent really well was um, the lack of support, I guess, certain carers, especially, I mean, especially in this country. I, don't, I can't speak for the US because I'm not fully aware, but I know carers of people with autism or other sort of life... Um, um, not shortening, but life. What word did you use? To life, life limiting, life restricting. Life maybe. limiting, um, di- like uh, disabilities or or whatever can be. The, the carers can often get not as much support. So to see her sort of be in this sort of frustrating situation where she can't really, she's stuck between a rock and a hard place when she wants to move on with her life. But obviously she's got a young brother who who she's essentially the sole guardian of because she can't because trust the step- her stepdad to do it. Because the stepdad is is useless. Yeah. So that representation felt real. I guess any frustrations we have with the character while we discuss this film, the character of Tom, are going to be from Kelly's point of view when she's literally trying to survive not getting mauled by a tiger and stop Tom getting mauled by a tiger. And the fact that his behaviour, which he can't help, is limiting that chance of survival. So that's what oh, I would. I would absolutely say in going through this film... You know, even if it was my brother and I loved him, I would have fucked it up and we'd have both been dead. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I mean, think I think for me, getting through this movie, in the best case scenario, I wouldn't have fed Tom to the tiger, but I would have not been able to save him from it. No. Very quick, very quickly as well, I think it would have been like, sorry, Tom, uh, I've not done enough. Tiger's got you. But then, are we supposed to believe that the tiger in this scenario isn't really interested in tom he in the same way that he skipped all the other horses and went for the most beautiful is for some reason got a thing for kelly and he wants to break her back and eat her yeah he's a a bad tiger so again this is our this is our get out of jail cause here because this is a special tiger with medical knowledge and a personality disorder we know that sometimes he's not going to do the basic animal instinct things where you know where they're gonna hunt and kill the first thing he can catch because guaranteed tom would be easier to catch 
Yeah, but he he wants he wants a bit of Kelly because he's a bad bad tiger. bad tiger so, yeah. and wants to kill wants to kill Kelly. But we get to this situation where we're visiting this home. Those that are on the video, you can see, looks like I'm chairing this meeting here with uh, Kelly and Tom from my background. Please right. turn all the way. Please, <laughs> please turn all the way yeah, around. Turn, turn around here. <laughs> turn. It does look like he's chairing this meeting. Right, so Kelly. Um, <laughs> it looks like he's just looking at Kelly. <laughs> Let's just take a photo of that. Um, uh, yeah, so <laughs> Kelly and Kelly and Tom have gone in, and this appears to be a facility where um, Tom will get the support and attention he needs while while Kelly goes off to college, and. Yeah. And she's kind it's of got one everything of these, in place to yeah, go it's to all, college. It's all, it's all been set up. It's all in place. She has a scholarship to college, so that's all paid for. Um, we're, made, we're made to understand she's deferred it more than once as well. Yeah, because it comes up that the when what happens now comes up that they say basically you can't defer this again. I'll have to give the grant and the scholarship to, to somebody else. And it isn't one of those things where we have any worries that it's going to be like a crooked home where he's going to be abused. In fact, that when... Tom has a bit of a meltdown um, about no red. Uh, he doesn't like he doesn't like the red cup yeah. that's on the. So his, so his triggers desk. are red, not into red. Um, doesn't like it. to be touched, and doesn't very like specific rules about when he's going to eat or what he's going to do. I think some you know combine his uh, you know his disabilities with what um you know the trauma of having of his mom having died as well right so he's clearly a very traumatized boy uh, he doesn't like the he doesn't like the red of the cut but the doctor or the carer that they're interviewing knows exactly what to do and she's actually able to calm him down really quickly so we're led to believe that actually this is going to be great and he'll be in good safe hands however the check bounces yeah the check bounces the bloody check and you know why it bounces ben because the dad has spent it all on tigers. Oh, for fuck's sake. You just be like, oh my God. Get Meatloaf back here. Get I want a refund for this tiger. Now Meatloaf's gone. Never to be seen again. Evil tiger. Yeah. Um, Meatloaf's great. He no longer has an evil tiger to have to look after. And he's got all that money. More than he wants, more than he, more than the list price as well. <laughs> oh wow. On Craigslist. Um, so yeah, obviously the payment to the hospital is rejected. Kelly calls the bank um, and she's informed, talks to the bank as if it's like her mate. <laughs> Hello, who's that? Oh, it's me at the bank. Oh, you again? Yeah, I've only got, I'm only looking after one account here and it's yours. But <laughs> the account's been, John's withdrew the money and closed the account. Shared account, I guess. How, how did he manage to do that without any two-step verifications? Of was the, it the mom? Of the was it the mom's money and he was married to the mom? He's, he's a wrong in any way. He spent all the money on on uh, Tiger. on tigers and i think at one point he says well your mom didn't your mom didn't leave a will so your mom bloody loved tigers no she didn't your mom she did she dying, had frosties uh, every morning just the great her dying words to me were oh make sure that you spend money for my my son's care and my daughter's college spend it on tigers if you must that's what i really <laughs> spend wanted it on tigers if you must Spend it on what, anything he needs, you, Tigers. Like, Tigers, yeah, like please yeah. use my immense fortune to make sure that we can become America's equivalent of the Irwin family. Build us an entire zoo, please. Please do it. And as this is pre-Tiger King, you could be 
Tiger. You could be as famous as Joe Exotic would be yeah. eventually. She knew him. She knew Joe Exotic, and she well, when, knew when Joe, for Stardom. When when Joe Exotic would rise to fame later on, people say, "Oh, it's just like um, that fella." It's just like Johnny Gavinu. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Gavinu. Yeah, uh, people people yeah. would see Joe Exotic in the street and go, "All right, Johnny Gavinu," and be like, "If only he didn't have a safari reality. park." He didn't have a safari park. What he had was uh, essentially like a haunted house style attraction. Basically, you get go into a house full of wild animals. <laughs> and if they jump out, to be fair, if you go into a house full of wild animals and the tiger jumps out, I would be scared. <laughs> yeah, the scariest like, thing I'd ever done. If it's a man dressed as a clown and you know he can't touch you, you'd jump, but you're not quite scared. If you know it's a tiger who could break your back and eat your entrails, you'd be terrified. Yeah, you would. You just have to be. You, have to, you just have to be at least only the second most beautiful person in there. Yeah, you just get, make sure you go go there with you know, <laughs> go with your fittest mate. Go. <laughs> Excuse me, do you want to come with me to it? Why? I just, I've always thought you were the fittest. What? No, no, don't worry about it. Come on. Oh, nothing nothing like that. It's, it's, just, it's just a friend thing. I just, not, it's not a date. I just want you to come to what was his name? But then the tiger, Johnny Gavin knew. But oh, then, because Johnny Gavin used House of Horrors with me. But then oh, the tiger goes. But then the tiger goes for you first and you realise you've been underestimating your own looks this whole time. And the, your final thought in your head as you die is that you actually were attractive. Like, so it's a good thing. Long. What you need to do is go and see Gok one before, you know, where he st- stand in the line and then <laughs> says, oh, you put yourself sick there. But actually, actually, you're the third fittest. You're the best. I think he's moved. I think he's moved. I think he's doing cookery programs now. Gok one. We'll have to get him out of retirement for just to judge us all on attractiveness oh. levels. Hopefully, I, <laughs> I still live the dream that eventually he'll, that Gok Wan will finish with his cooking programme and then get a, like a hard-boiled <laughs> detective series where he can be called Glock One. Oh, wow. <laughs> go around, like, telling the chief Let that he's going to introduce you to the Glock. Glock with a... No. Gok with a Glock. There we go. <laughs> there uh, go. So what? So what happens is, so John brings the tiger home, and this is like a opening scene of Jurassic Park. <laughs> so the Jurassic Park where, scene, where obviously instead of like loading a, a Velociraptor into some sort of pen, they're getting the tiger in there, and don't touch the cage. Right? If I'm going to tell you anything, don't touch the cage. They immediately got, disregard Meatloaf's advice. So one guy gets his hand, like, I guess, scratched, bitten? Is it scratched? It loses a finger, doesn't he? Bites his... Yes, his hand chewed anyway by the tiger. Yeah. He goes, look, get yourself down to the clinic. Yeah, he goes, <laughs> go to the uh, clinic down the road. Don't worry, they won't They will not you. deport you. He says, yeah, they will not deport you. I'm not worried about that, my fucking finger. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm from Ohio. <laughs> just just because I'm not a white man, it's you racist. Just is it? Just because I'm not Johnny Gavinu is cancelled <laughs> immediately. Get out of here. Johnny Gavinu is like, no, no immigration. Don't worry. Um, so yeah, we get a little he, bit he's of not, a blood. I bet he's not playing it, paying his staff a, a living wage, Johnny Gavinu. I bet it's oh, it Johnny Gavinu. You wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't dream of it. No. Yeah. Um, so it's a really strange sort of thing because so at the same time as this happening. There is an approach in the hurricane. We hear things on like the radios about a hurricane approaching. I think a few characters say 
bloody hurricane on the way. Um, and yeah, sort of boarding board, up, going to board up the house, boarding um, up the house, um, sort of like hammering, uh, drilling, sorry, big panels of wood all over the windows and doors. When Kelly arrives home with Tom, who sees a red truck and is fuming about it, uh, when Kelly arrives home, it's really weird because obviously she's angry with Johnny Gavinu. You've spent all the money. Where's all my money gone? I want to go to college, all that stuff. He's just, he is, he is gaslighting her. He's basically saying, nah, nah, well, your money, is it? Well, and that, was our, that, was our, that was our tiger money. And I can look after Tom. I don't know if you know this. I'm a wicked dad. Doesn't he also say, have you been taking drugs? Because drugs reduce your bit because you've forgotten. Yeah, he said, you've been That's taking drugs because that makes, you, that makes you forget things. So basically, Johnny Gavin is just, a gaslighting, money-stealing piece of shit. He's a gaslighting, money-stealing, autistic, uh, autistic, what is it? Stats Son. Murdering. Yeah. Attempted um, murder. Like, not living wage paying, roadside zoo owner. Um, Johnny Gavin, you, is not, he's not coming off too well in this one. Um, no. because now, now that we did go make... to college, I'll, I'll, I'll look after Tom, I'll look after him brilliantly. Look, I'll show him this tiger. And he says to Tom, like, don't touch that, it's a very dangerous tiger. Isn't the tiger cool? And Tom's just like looking at him. Don't confuse me by telling me the tiger's cool and then telling me the tiger's dangerous because I don't know where I stand. We yeah. did make uh we did make an observation based on the actor who plays Johnny Gavinu, and is played by Garrett Dillahunt. And when we were trying to work out where we notice it, where we recognize him from, the most recent well, one of the most recent movies he's been in is Army of the Dead, a film we covered on this podcast where he played a character called Martin, who's like a sort of bodyguard guy. He's like the company man, right? And again, he has a relationship with a tiger. I wonder if it's the same tiger. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Posting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He has a run. Not just a relationship with a tiger. His... Obviously, we are going to be spoiling the movie, but at this stage, he's a bad guy in a movie about an evil tiger. You do the math. You do, you do the math. So this, we, I think you've established, Ben, that I think this, and I think you must be right. If anyone knows anyone that's been eaten by a tiger in more films, tweet in. Yeah. So we're I establishing that two the people, actor, two tigers in the, in his in a career, a single career, killed by two tigers in one that, that that's we know has, about. There could be more. I want to. I want to know: Has anyone been killed by more than two tigers in a mo- in movies, separate movies, cinema? or or any? Has anyone been killed by the same animal twice in separate movies? Because that would be pretty insane as well. 
if we can find a third instance where he's been murdered by a tiger, that'll be it. That'll be the home run. Yeah, he'll be untouchable, and no one's going to top that. That's pretty fantastic. I wonder if it's like he's been typecast now, where he auditions for things and they say, oh, yeah, you're an army of the dead and burning bright. Oh, we've not got a tiger in this movie. That we're going to get one. Get one in the top. What, this movie? Just add a tiger in. <laughs> I've been, I feel like this going is a through period his drama. Getting through his filmography and then just put, like, you know, in like 80s movies where you get the wrap up, the text, like, Tom Hanks's character went on to win the Super Bowl. I might just <laughs> yeah. put like little little screen freezes, just saying, you know, Joe Bloggs lived on for many years until he was eaten by a tiger. Until he was eaten by a tiger at a roadside zoo, run by a man called Johnny Gavinu, in a weird <laughs> kind of crossover. Interesting. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's he's brought a tiger. He gaslights them into it. Kelly phones the union, says, "Look." Been a bit of a problem, but he says, "Look, I give you like uh, a day, like you know, you've got you got like a day or so to get here." A day, Gee, loan sharks give you longer than that. <laughs> but then I'm gonna have I'll to give you give... to the end of the week to get this money back, or I'm gonna break your legs. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna smash put you. So I'm gonna put your. I'm gonna put your place on clearing, and it and the money's gonna go to someone else. I feel like if she explained the situation, say, "Look, I was gonna put my brother in a care home, but my dad has spent all the money on a tiger." Like, what do you want me I mean, to do? It's, it's insane enough for him to go, oh, you know what? Get yourself to the uni. We'll sort something out. We'll just bring, um, bring Tom at this point. Bring Tom, yeah. Um, so obviously she's fuming, and then we get a bit of an understanding about how the mother died. She took an overdose, killed herself, um, wanted the money to go to Tom and Kelly, I believe. Tom... I guess he's severely autistic, but I guess he's in a state of being being almost mute to to the most part since the death because he's and he watches a vid, a home video of him and his mum like pretty much every day. I think Kelly even makes a joke and says, "Do you want to watch something else other than this that we've watched seven hundred and eighty four times?" And he's like, "Nah, stick it on." Little little kid though, isn't he? I was gonna say like again, he's in a pre a pre-Peppa Pig world as well, isn't he? Maybe afterwards, kids are obsessed with that, watching it obsessively. But then I realised as well, pretty sure Peppa Pig wears like red welly boots, so he wouldn't like it. Um, yeah, maybe he's a bit old for Peppa Pig. Oh, it's... I don't know. Either way, he's not... <laughs> don't have... Either he's way, he's not... He? I he's love not, Peppa Pig and stuff. He's not, watching, he's not watching that. He's watching some home videos again of... Yeah, the, of, their, of their family before, before the mom... I feel really weird about watching home videos. Like my mum watches home videos quite a lot, like of holidays that we took when we were when we were quite young. I don't know. I find it all a bit. I mean, like maybe I'd watch it like once, and then I'd be like, oh. when you get they back want- from the hot, maybe like in the days of having like camcorders and stuff, you might look at it back once after the event when you got home. Like if there were family members, like you know, show your grand the video of the holiday because. Yeah. You know, your elderly relatives don't do foreign travel, so yeah. well, look at this. This is this is the like it wasn't even a port. very good holiday. I don't want to. I, I lived it. I don't want to watch it nine times afterwards. But see, your mom loves your mom loves getting the old home videos. Yeah, out. always, always. She's always tells me, "Oh, I watched uh, the video of us in Disneyland Paris recently, or in Blackpool." Obviously, two very 
interesting. <laughs> I think I was like a teenager as well. She's like, oh, you're so you're so miserable in these videos. I'm like, well, what do you want from me? Like, I was. <laughs> I can't change it, mom. I can't change it. God. <laughs> it was like a do a different cut of that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. but Tom, do, Tom is well musical, Put it. a musical number in. Do a little dance. You could put, put in there now. But yeah, I'll, I feel like in the narrative of film, people only watch home videos when someone involved in that home video has tragically died. Yeah, and I think there's definitely been viral videos recently where <laughs> people are like, um, nobody ever films me, so I've made some clips of myself to be played at my funeral and it's like running through running through a meadow or something and just like having a playful playful like fight with bubbles while in the, in the bathtub <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah definitely like is, the video the video clips you want is like you opening a christmas present having a holiday at the beach yeah doing something uh having a bit having a bit of a laugh and a joke having someone in a in a nuggie yeah having at some my funeral, like having some candy floss and getting a bit on your face the only video footage exists of me these days is just from this podcast. So hopefully someone can go through and make a super cut of all of my best, nicest moments, most caring moments, so people can look back and say he was a good egg. On the contrary, if you want to find all the clips where I've been the biggest bastard, if you if your narrative is you want yeah. to say he died, <laughs> but he was a, he was a wanker. If you want to do, if you look at the demonic episode where Ben is quoted as saying. It was a nice idea, but no one in the film is actually any good. Like, yeah. like, yeah, pull, pull that one. But yeah, same, same for me. Ben, I think you could cut, you, you could cut clips together and make either of us say anything. Yeah, anything you want. There's so many hours now that we've probably said an awful lot. There's so things. many hours. You know when they say get an infinite amount of chimpanzees in a room with an infinite amount of typewriters, they'll write the entire works of Shakespeare. If you take every episode of Horror Hangout. We've definitely said the works of Shakespeare <laughs> in the wrong order, obviously. Yeah, especially me. I'm always <laughs> saying thou's and these and forsooths. Yeah. Now I've said them, but I haven't <laughs> said them before. You've got them on record. <laughs> I'll just throw in some more Shakespearean language, like a say saucy ev- knave. <laughs> say saucy knave. Say it. Say the name of every character in every. <laughs> yeah. Take too long. Take too long. But I think um, you know what I'm trying to get at. We could definitely have a, a full horror movie script, you know, from from this that we could cut that we could cut all together for sure. That's but a yeah, task. that's a task for someone, not me. Our the version of our families of Tom would have plenty of content to watch, so the Kelly would not get bored because there'd be hours of content for him to watch, unless you said yeah. a favorite episode. Yeah, his favorite episode. I bet he loves the quiz episodes. Yeah. Uh, unless one of us has got. A red T-shirt on, which uh, I think I have to check. I've got red headphones on. You got to red headphones on. on. No, red's a hard colour to avoid. Like it must be really difficult. Yeah. Um. But anyway, this is the first instance as well. So we've heard that the scholarship is in jeopardy. The storm is rolling in, and then Tom wants his um wants feed and it's setting up for when it will come at a far less convenient time later on. This is what he's having when he's watching the home video, right? Um, what, does he eat? what does he have to eat? I can't remember. Very, very specific. I think he has like a... Frosties. Like, no, he doesn't. Uh, he has a... I think it's a peanut butter sandwich maybe, but it's cut very, very specifically into squares with um, toothpicks 
in a certain configuration as well. So um, it's almost like, obviously, he's got a lot of triggers and a lot of needs. Um, but again, when I was talking about it being tasteful, it does feel like, in a way, it's being very, very mainstream in terms of what, a very mainstream and extreme in terms of what autism yeah. is perceived to be. Yeah, I know um, that. The, I know that one of the like the general, I don't know, is it public perception of what severe autism looks like? Is it's the the rigidity towards certain rules and rituals that people can 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 have, and I'm sure it exists you could probably argue that there are some people that have um you know very specific things they have to eat you think even outside of the you know look at people who have i don't know arguably still very limiting factors to their lives you look at things some that people... aren't quite so serious as the as the conditions tom is shown to have here but you see those programs about people who only you know there's that man who only ate spaghetti hoops for yeah. 25 years or Only whatever it chips, was. Mate. Yeah. And like he would like physically, like again, in his personality and talking, this was a person who didn't have any other extended challenges, but this was a person who in the documentary was gagging if someone tried to make him eat anything that wasn't spaghetti hoops. <laughs> so I had a physical that, yeah. reaction to not eating. I think, so rituals around food, I think, are, are I probably think perhaps, a fair representation. Perhaps a tad. The only way I felt about this, a tad heavy-handed in the way the character was written, maybe, just yeah. because it kind of seems to take a lot of extremes that are perceived about autism and really sort of hammers them home. In I guess the the lack of the the lack of speech, the food thing, the sort of visual triggers, um, the sort of meltdowns as well. I mean, sure, it's a. Uh, uh, a, a representation of somebody who has autism i'm sure but i just think in terms of this character possibly felt a tad heavy-handed but you a tad, know yeah a tad heavy-handed i would i would give this film the credit for trying maybe a little harder than some of the hollywood shorthand which is basically um let's use predators as an example right so someone who doesn't talk very much but effectively has a superpower when it's uh when it's like i think that yeah. is the other representation which feels really lazy and i would love to hear from so anyone who listens that has any actual experience you know living with or you know challenges of their own to to let us know and let us know how well this film represents yeah represents whether, whether this... represents that life and whether whether it is tastefully done or whether it's whether yeah. it's gross. I, I guess I guess what reality. I guess what we're what we're doing by trying to talk about it is we're just trying to say um it would be good to know whether this was tasteful or not because obviously I guess we're just putting my I mean I'm doing it personally putting my ignorance up up for discussion in terms of whether this is 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 a heavy handed one. I mean that's that was my my personal my personal opinion was it a bit heavy handed but obviously heavy handed but I think they tried something different at least it's, it's, uh, of course it's towing the line isn't it because you don't want to try something different and then that your representation of that does more harm than good yeah it it sort of yeah and I will give this film credit for actually putting the challenges on it because it's the it's the first thing that we see next actually so we'll go into the you know the 
the deal of what happens. So the storm's rolling in, they have their, they have the dinner, they watch the home movies and they go to bed. And then the next scene we see is Kelly walking, you know, she's walking through the house at night and she goes into Tom's room and suffocates him with a pillow. Um, you know, she like violently attacks him and is smothering him with a pillow there before she wakes up and it is just a, a nightmare. And actually, again, it feels like this. I, I think we talked about similarly deep things when we did something equally stupid like the Leprechaun movie. Again, but give film the film this credit for it. It isn't hiding behind Kelly's portrayal and just saying this character is whiter than white. She loves her, her, mm. her brother unconditionally, and they, you know, there isn't ever that doubt or that challenge there. It is attempting at very least, heavy-handed or otherwise. But what must be the challenge for some people who especially a young person that's been thrown into a carer's role, the frustration yeah, yeah, that must course, build up 100%. with having someone who is so entirely reliant on you and the impact it has on your own life. It's a difficult conversation to be that had as well. That, like. that um, resentment that kind of is built up in her, that the things are so To me, that, that felt like a, a much better representation and it gave her character a lot a lot of depth um in terms of obviously it's a difficult conversation to have you know that when you're a soul carer or well pretty much a soul carer for somebody who's who's um got that sort of disability and you've never experienced anything like that before but now suddenly this person's relying on you and only you those dark faults those moments of weakness i mean it happens a lot with sort of parents and, you know, that's obviously where like postnatal depression is, is a very, very commonplace thing is that those thoughts of, I should be, this is a person I love. This is a person who's relying on me. I should be able to care for them and give them love unconditionally. The fact that those thoughts are seeping in, that those dark thoughts are, I don't even know if this is what I want. I'm not happy. Um, would this be better off if I was out of the situation? Or obviously the extreme here is, would it be better off if this person wasn't even alive anymore? So it's it's not afraid, even though it's just a little flash, a little dream sequence or a flash. I guess it's a dream sequence. She's asleep. She? Yeah, she's asleep. Yeah. Um, it's, it's having a difficult, even in those few seconds, it gives her character a lot of depth. And I guess that kind of adds to, we the understand weight of, the, weight the weight of what she does next and it's never really presented that she would actually hurt her brother but we're about to spoilers put her in a situation where she wouldn't have to actively do anything to harm him to for for him no longer to be in her life because a tiger is about to be in your house so basically what happens is with this tiger suddenly being let loose into this house which is what happens we'll explain how it becomes the most difficult escort mission in all of history if yeah. you thought escorting ashley in resident evil 4 when you're leon through scores of <laughs> scores of ganados all trying to kidnap her and kill you if you thought that was difficult i don't know about medium difficult if you try on hard difficulty this is like hard difficulty because you're in a tiny beyond, house. Beyond even that, this is like that situation Ben just described, except Ashley is constantly kicking you in the dick the whole time. Like, yeah. you cannot do 
you, you cannot do anything. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really hard what what she what she goes through here. But yeah, and, and this is the point where it begins because we see that someone off camera has basically shoved the tiger's cage right against the door and has let it into the house. Go on then. Get yourself in there, Lucifer. Are you hungry? I bet you are. He's not been fed for a fortnight, so he's not starved. Been, is that, he's not been fed for a fortnight, that's true. Yeah, Meatloaf says, oh, I've not fed him for a couple of weeks because you need to show him who's boss. What the that feels like, the, like That feels like a way to just enrage a tiger. Oh, so, tiger comes out. Uh, all right. <laughs> Oh, you're you're the boss, are you? Or I'm gonna roll over onto my onto my back. You could tickle my belly. I'm I'm glad I know you're the boss now. No, I'm literally gonna because eat. a tiger can perceive you as food. It's gonna be looking at you. Your head's gonna be like a hamburger, and you open your mouth <laughs> and like a slice of pizza will come out instead of a tongue. <laughs> Tigers love pizza. What's that for? Uh, right, that's definitely in like a Simpsons episode or something. I think it's it? when Bart imagines uh, the. Santa's little helper is like a sandwich and his pizza, his tongue is a pizza. <laughs> pizza tongue. So yeah. But then obviously the the the, the realization from Kelly that the uh that the tiger's in the house is really kind of like sudden and she's like just coming downstairs for something. She's like she's season. like on a blooming hell, like there's noise, is this burglars breaking in when there's a hurricane or a snow gone? And she looks around and she's like, No, 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 but oh fucking hell, a tiger just literally sees a tiger <laughs> like just walking through the kitchen. So obviously the scenario is there's a hurricane outside, the house, the windows and doors are all boarded up with wood, and now there's a tiger in the house as well. So there's no way out of the house. Um, calling the police doesn't work or calling yeah, well, the emergency yeah. services. Yeah, they, they phone, she phones the emergency services, but they're on callbacks because they put a message out saying, in case you won't notice, there's a fucking hurricane. So leave your number. Sorry. Uh, there's hurricane outside, and uh, we're all at home, tucked up tight. Yeah, if you're phoning about the wind, we know. <laughs> the wind is not. It's not a ghost. It's not a spectre or a spook. It's just a wind. It is. You've been warned. This is coming. If there's a tiger in your house, leave your number. We'll phone you back. If there's a tiger in your house, phone Joe Exotic. It'll be right round, uh, yeah. and it'll take it and put it in some terrible living conditions just for you. Um. But yes, yeah, so the operator states the obvious there's a hurricane on. Um, so I, I think she finds, a we'll back. she finds a note from Johnny Garano as well that says he's just gone to the is it gone to the store or something like that? It's gone to the pub. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, in real life, he's gone to the pub. Yeah, but I swear the note said it. I've got, I've gone, I've gone to the local spa to get some hurricane supplies. Kiss, kiss, be back soon. People <laughs> come to get some frosties, winky face. What does that mean? They're great. <laughs> Have a great time. Oh, that's nice of him. This doesn't also this doesn't seem like the biggest house, but there are a lot of occasions where she's in rooms on her own. You know, she runs around looking, the doors and windows are all boarded up. She can't get out, obviously realizes that. Um she goes to find Tom just to say, Don't mean to alarm you, lad, but there's a tiger in the house, but he's gone. He's not even in his bed. Like Tom's number one ability, fucking off, really, like just dis disappearing, um, and being in the last place you would expect to find him. Um, but at this time, I guess she's phoned the. So Tom is missing somewhere else in the house. She's tried to phone the emergency services, but maybe the tiger's got like a 
a sensitivity to mobile phone soon. You hear, oh my god, like, yeah, on electronics. So the tiger comes along. She shuts herself in the laundry room, and the tiger's beating the door down. Yeah, um, oh, see, I thought the laundry room might have been a save room, but turns out no, no, tiger can, can get, get in, in there. there. He's not like Mr. X, he can get in there. So um, I think she's looking. She's looking for her phone, isn't she? Because I think she decides well, she, that the tiger's coming in. The, the phone sadly doesn't last too long. The tiger's coming in. This is when we get a great um, Mission Impossible moment. So the tiger's coming in. She's able to cl- again the wonders of American houses. There's a laundry chute up to the from the <laughs> yeah. bedroom. So she climbs up the laundry chute just as the tiger comes in, um, and. The looking down on the floor annoyingly in climbing up, she's left a phone, flip phone. Um, I think I think the emergency services are calling her back. Yeah, they're right? calling her back. But so the callback is really good. It's only been a couple of minutes, and the emergency services are calling her back. However, the tiger doesn't take too kindly to that. He scoffs the phone. Yeah, the tiger just smooshes the phone, uh, bastard. It's because it's a flip phone, and uh, he's just like, I hate it. Get out of it. He's like, get a smartphone, love, whatever year this film is. Come on. The, it's because the uh, the ringtone annoyed him. It was a polyphonic version of uh, The Great Escape theme tune. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, fucking hate that film. <laughs> it's on every Christmas. It's on every bloody Christmas. Steve McQueen's overrated. Oh, <laughs> what, what film would it, what song would actually enrage a tiger the most? Um... Uh... I guess the Cocoa Pops jingle, that's a rival cereal. <laughs> Look, I'd rather have a bowl of Cocoa Pops. Do you remember when they very momentarily changed it to Choco Krispies? yeah. That no, was good. a dark, dark time in, <laughs> in, 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 in our childhood. The probably turning point of society. I think if they'd always kept it as Cocoa Pops, everything would be fine now. Yeah, I think when everybody looks back in time, with like these rose tinted glasses of with of the sna- nostalgia, what a great time to be alive! I'm like, yeah, but do you remember when they changed Cocoa Pops to Choco Krispies? Disgrace. Although, man, like, I, maybe we should think about this another way. We should hold that out as a beacon of hope. I know more serious things have happened, but Choco Krispies returning to Cocoa Pops should show us that on occasion, when a decision is made and someone's absolutely fucked something, there is sometimes yeah. a way back. There is. Choco Krispies is actually my great hope. I'm choosing to take that forward. There we go. We need to make a PowerPoint presentation about Choco Krispies, Cocoa Pops, to try and convince anybody and everybody that, you know, sometimes going back is fine. Just just put things back to how they were. Yeah. And Always all... move forward unless there's an immediate backlash. <laughs> yeah, in that case, backwards. it's okay to... It's ch- and then we'll oh. call it like the the Choco oh. Crisp the Choco Crispies Accords and say right the Choco Crispies Accords have come into effect. We are putting this back <laughs> to how it was. I feel like I get into the Choco Crispies discourse far more often than I should. I explained it to someone recently who didn't remember it, and I was like, "Hang on a minute, it changed my life. It changed my life briefly, however huge. long it lasted for." And we didn't always months. get it. The PJ and Duncan are still called Anton Deck. Opal fruits are still called Starburst, but Choco Krispies are Cocoa Pops again. Sometimes you can let things slide. Other times, I mean, they're fucking with the very fabric of society (laughs) by changing that cereal's name. What are 
What is the cereal formerly known as Sugar Puffs called now? I don't need that one to change back. I understand why they've changed it. Is that even a thing anymore? I haven't seen Sugar Puffs on a shelf in a long time. Honey Honey Monster Puffs. So they've obviously... Oh, wait, no. Honey Monster Sugar Puffs. They've obviously taken... They've made the sugar not so... Not so so obvious. Not so prominent, just in case people go, can I have a lovely bit of sugar? My teeth are going to rot out my head. There we go. But anyway, um, because of the Cocoa Pops jingle, the tiger's furious, destroys the phone, and then this is we get with our Mission Impossible moment. So Kelly is hanging there. Imagine the tension. She's hanging in the laundry chute. Laundry chutes, famously, you know, warm places, probably quite near the boiler, but the airing cupboard's nearby. Um, So she's there. She's having to pin herself up in a little chute so a bit like in Mission Impossible when Tom Cruise is hanging inches from the the sensitive floor a little bead of sweat comes down there and it drips down hits the the laundry room floor, Tiger comes, has a little sniff of it and he's like right (laughs) he looks and you see and again you should for those people who sometimes we say hey pause and watch them you don't need to watch this one it's fine but the tiger looks up uh, at the thing, and it, it's a strange scenario. They must have had a tiger on set for some points of the film, but I do f- like, you know, to get some st- stock footage yeah. of the tiger. But I do feel like the tiger was never on the same set as the actors. No, I think you could kind of tell. Uh, there's sort of there are three tigers, um, uncredited here, not even in the credits. They don't have names like, um, like Link. Katie. They do have names. Uh, Katie. Shika, Shika, and Kismet are the tiger. So obviously they had two. They had three tigers. I was about to say they had three tigers that looked alike, but you could line a hundred tigers up, and I'd probably go, they're all pretty much tigers. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you could kind of tell that there was some trickery going on where the tiger was reacting to something that obviously wasn't on screen at the same. It wasn't on screen at the same time as the actors, obviously. And it so also in, felt like it was it been, it had been superimposed for the most part into those scenes. Yeah. And this is a case where, again, we see a slightly different film grade as well of a tiger looking up, a, yeah. up, looking up a pipe versus when we see Kelly up in the pipe. But then as soon as it's seen her up there, unfortunately, unlike Mission Impossible, she couldn't get a hand out to catch that bead of sweat. So the tiger's seen it and then he's like, get on here and he's getting he's trying to... <laughs> And the tiger. The tiger does a weird thing where it like kind of walks away for a second, doesn't it? It walks yeah, away, like... and then she's like, "Whoo!" And it goes, "Ah, I got you!" <laughs> yeah, the t- the tiger's like gone to the like is basically said, "Oh well, I'll never get up there." <laughs> there are three pieces of trivia on IMDb for this film, one of which is Brianna Evergun Kelly had an ear infection while filming the laundry shoot scene. <laughs> And then, and, then it, and then underneath it says, two of 11 people find this interesting. <laughs> what? Uh, what is that? Take that up to three. It's like... <laughs> it's like the nine out of 10 dentists recommend this toothpaste scenario. So, uh, what's that? She had an ear infection. I don't give a... F- Why is that on the trivia? That's like going... <laughs> she, had a, she had a bad belly when she was doing... <laughs> and ear infection... Good job she wasn't scuba diving or anything. That would have been no good. Um, 
She had some water trapped in her ear. She'd done 50 lengths in a swimming pool the day before. Who's put, who's, that's insane. Who knew that? Who did know that? I mean, she, only her, surely. Or <laughs> maybe she, maybe she posted it. Yeah, um, guess what? I had an ear infection when I did that scene. And I still, I still got up that laundry shit with a tiger. You can't on the tell, though, can you? You can't tell, though, you can. You're a great actress, uh, Brianna Evergood. You're great. <laughs> yeah. What about all those tell. scenes where she's going, oh, fucking hell, my ear. Yeah. Did the um, tiger get her ear? No. No. Um, so she climbs up the laundry chute. The tiger's furious. And as fortune would have it, the room she crawls up into, Tom's in there. It's it's the it's the mom's old room, is it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And Tom is in uh, there, like you know, taking some comfort in his in his in his mom's old belongings. Um, but the tiger's not far behind, and he the tiger's straight into the room pretty well. And so she grabs Tom, and again, he doesn't like to be touched, so he is screaming. Yeah. But there's nothing much she can do because. Otherwise, there's a tiger. Yeah. Um, and they hide under the bed. I'm not sure that they'd have got away with this because I feel no. I feel when it comes to hide and seek, a tiger knows if you're under the bed. Yeah, it walks straight in and it knows you're there immediately. It's not like looking around. Um, yeah. So obviously when they're under there, isn't like Tom reaching for something when the tiger's walking around as well? I swear he's reaching for something that maybe he had in his hand. Is it it's the, the mom's dress or something like that that he was holding, that he's like cradling earlier? Possibly, yeah. But this is the, the one thing I do kind of respect about this is that in this survival mode, Kelly isn't like Molly coddling Tom at all. She's not like going, oh, don't worry, mate, it's all going to be all right. She's literally just like shoving him around for shut kid. the fuck up. Get in here, move over this way, get off, oh, you idiot, get through that door. Like, yeah. Just and again, you have to because a tiger doesn't doesn't fuck about. Like it, it's only for the dramatic sense of the film that the tiger doesn't immediately find you under the bed and does a dramatic like climb over the bed on the mattress and then disappear and then is at the other side of the bed, like ah yeah. So obviously um, here's where Kelly uses the mattress as a sort of barrier. Um, and the tiger's like proper going for it. I think the tiger maybe gets her at this point, maybe slices, maybe he gets a he gets a leg a bit later as she's coming through the door. Um, yeah, right. But for now, the tiger's just going ham on that mattress, and the mattress affords them a bit of protection. They kind of wedge it so they're able to get through the door, right? Yeah, and it's kind of it makes she sense. It as I said, I think them. a mattress is a severely it's so big and awkward that. I think I think it's good in a lot of scenarios. I feel like we're trying to protect yourself. Get a mattress between you and anything, and you and you're golden. Maybe not a car. I don't think it would work. But uh, yeah, so they get they manage to get out of there, and then what room are they in next? And they go downstairs. They go downstairs to the kitchen for a little bit, and um, before the tiger came into the bedroom, Kelly was already trying to email the police. Um, on the computer, but that that also wasn't going to work. I think we've had like, a little scene like of... Moss from the IT crowd when there's yeah. a fire in, in the office. <laughs> dear Help, police, Tiger, tiger. <laughs> dear, dearest police, sorry to bother you at such a prying time. Brackets. I know there's a hurricane outside and it's all a bit <laughs> stressful. But inside, but there's a tiger. In... <laughs> there is a tiger. There's a lay tiger in here. This isn't um... a joke. Please, please send help. I reiterate again, a tiger. 
Um, so <laughs> they go downstairs and Kelly's plan is to drug the tiger. Yeah, so she's got some level of... Some Viagras. Because they're blue pills. <laughs> Little blue pills. What we're going to do, we're going to get the tiger an erection, right? And he'll be so disorientated by his erection that he won't be interested in us anymore. Uh, if he takes all the of those, lady if he takes all of those, he takes all of those Viagras, there'll be no blood left for his legs. You won't be able to chase us. Yeah, we'll just be. Yeah, that, that sounds like a great plan. So they, they put it in like blobs of. Mince. So I think at this point, at this point, <laughs> Tom is saying, I've, "I want a bit of dinner. I want a bit of grub." And she's like, "Nah, something else is on the menu." Uh, yes, yeah, a bit of this mince with a Viagra pill in it, and he's like, "That's not for me." So and she again, like, like chucks, chucks it around the house, doesn't she? Yeah, she's chucking it around the house, but she does stop and basically make Tom his breakfast. I don't know what she gives him. Looks like she gives him a couple of penguin bars. But um, <laughs> a couple of penguin bars. Gives him but a couple of penguins. Question is, does she read the joke out before? Before she's unwrapped it. You'd hope so. You got a penguin joke you want to throw to us, Ben, while we're here? Absolutely not. So I'm going to Google one real quickly. Uh, <laughs> I'm not very good at. I am not good at jokes on the fly. I've never. I've oh. never make it as a stand-up comedian. That was uh, the, the best example I've ever seen of that. Of someone absolutely thrown someone to the bus. I think it was on the radio. It was an interview where um, the main host was like giving someone who was a less experienced interview, like interviewing a celebrity, and she goes, "Ask her if she wants to hear a joke," and it's like. Do you want to hear a joke? And he's like, she's the celebrity that he's interviewed. He's like, oh, yes, please. He goes, tell her a joke. And he's like, you fucking, the guy is so angry. He's like, oh. <laughs> you, got, you got a penguin I hate joke. What up. Happens. Uh, oh, they're all terrible, to be fair. They're, I mean, that's kind of the. Oh, it's kind of like, okay, what do penguins like to wear on the beach? Um, flippers. <laughs> I mean, that probably would be just as good. A bikini? Oh, because they have beaks, because they're a bird, they like a yeah, bird's yeah. beak. Right. I mean, they're all pretty awful, these are. Uh, see, that's terrible. I'm not even going to read that one out. <laughs> um, no. I'm not, I'm, I'm, this is disgraceful. Absolutely not. <laughs> are you reading the first result here? The 55 penguins puns that are brilliantly funny. Is that the one you're reading? Yep. I mean, I love a pun as well. But these got the time for them. Um, I do like a penguin joke. I think more confectionery slash chocolate biscuits or anything with a wrapper on should have a joke. So it's nice to have a treat, but it's also it's doubly as nice to have a joke as well. Same is true on a lolly stick. That's what you want. Oh yeah, you I, definitely I, don't get that anymore, do you? I've no, you don't. Definitely not. Um, I've got one of these for you. Why are penguins good race car drivers? Why are penguins good race car drivers? Because they're someone, someone, someone about ice. Ice. No, it's because they're always at pole position. Then, mother of God, <laughs> it's good, good. Um, and one Be- more. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> who is who is the who is a penguin's favorite pop star? A penguin's p- <laughs> seal. It is seal, correct. <laughs> Why would it be a penguin's favourite? It'd be his least favourite. Yes, seals eat penguins. Seals eat penguins. Yeah, not the, not the singer seal. He doesn't, as far as I know. 
No, I don't think he does. Um, be quite a claim to make. Uh, but anyway, we uh, we digress. Not that that's a common trend. But um, so she is. She gives Tom a couple of penguin bars for his breakfast, so he can he can eat those. Because again, despite the tiger in the house, Tom doesn't have the capacity not to be able to expect to have food when if it's he... din- if it's dinner time, it's dinner time. You know. Yeah. Um, also, tiger I think around, around about this point, we get a little bit of a scene with John at the bar who's getting drunk and. It says gambling here. I can't remember. Was he gambling? Was he doing any gambling? Yeah, I think he's playing on the fruity. Gambling. He's gambling on like some results or something. So I'll give so, you. A, I'll bet you that this is happening or whatever. So have considering, you. considering we saw somebody let the tiger in, and now we see him at a pub looking all sad or, or like he's uh, he's dealing with something, making a point, like, of, but making a point of talking to people as well, like as if to set an alibi. So all right. Um, at this time. 1029. Uh, Do you know on... what I like about 1029 is it's not quite 10:30 when I'm here talking to you. <laughs> when I'm here talking to you in this bar, um, that we of course remember, and he's talking to this guy that's like, he's like, Oh, thank god for you. Uh, thank god for you, Johnny. Um, you, you're a godsend to those kids, you love them so much. He's like, Yeah, I do. I'm a good dad, aren't I? I'm the best dad. Um, so doesn't Kelly find the life insurance policies? Yeah, basically Johnny's um, Johnny's plan comes unstuck due to bad filing. <laughs> Johnny Gavin, you the he's... worst filing, literally just leaving them. Where does he leave them? Just also in, in this room that they lock themselves in because they've they've found like a safe haven, like a dining room or something like that, or a I think it's by the back porch because she tries to get out the door and then yeah, opens yeah, it right. bloody hurricane out there can't go out bloody hurricane um so i think like how long after taking out a huge life insurance policy on two people of for like what is like 100 and something 125 grand each how long <laughs> is there like a, a a period of time that if they die then it'll be suspicious and they won't pay suspicious out possibly killed by a tiger which you just bought you know i'm also not entirely convinced that you can take out life insurance on you would take out life insurance on yourself like you you have you've yeah a child to look after ben like you might have life insurance out on yourself because you the person that goes to work to look after that child earns money so they would need to be looked after if you weren't around I'm Good not point. sure you could take out life insurance on a dependent because you, what, what are you a woman as well? What are you? And also, what are you? What are you insuring Kelly? You could see if if you could if he'd lied and said she had a job and contributed to the house, you could maybe take out a life insurance policy on her. But yeah. Tom, what do you? Do? Oh, Tom, he um. <laughs> To be honest, I'd be so sad if he died that it'd probably take 125 <laughs> grand to make it better. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure you can do that if they're not a financial factor how, in, your, in your house. How sad would you be if Tom died? If you'd be 10 out of 10 sad, it's 125,000 pounds. Yeah. If you'd be 8 out of 10, it's about 100,000. 10 out of 10, straight out of 10. Up. 10. 11, 10 actually. 10. 11, actually. Sorry, that's not on the form. 11's not. He's trying, to, he's trying to negotiate again. 
Um, so not, so yeah, not only he's, does... he's taken out these insurance policies and he's been yeah and he's been left he's been done and this is where we have another kind of waking hallucination where yeah but this one wasn't so obvious I don't think was it no she just kind of Tom is sitting like sitting just quietly on the side where she's looking at this paperwork and she looks at him and he suddenly pipes up in, you know, very different to his usual, like, spoken cadence and goes, you know, Kelly, it's come to my attention that there's a tiger here that uh, that might eat us. I put it to you that if I got got by the tiger, I'd probably be dead before I knew it was being eaten. Um, said my something about his nervous system. His parasympathetic like. nervous system would not yeah. have registered. He was bleeding before he'd been absolutely chammed to bits. Yeah. So I mean, this. So that was a sort of. She did kind of imagine that, right? Yeah. Again, maybe like she's bargaining with herself. Like, well, if if the tiger does get him, which it seems ever increasingly likely to, because I'm just about surviving, but he's dependent on me so much. I don't think I'm able to help him survive as well i'm just convincing myself that if he does go he'll be all right yeah it's it's the real perfect storm right because if you had a little kid or a baby you can obviously carry them and move them around but the challenges tom has means that he is want to actively fight you if you try to physically move him around yeah it almost seems like he wants the tiger to kill him which obviously he doesn't but Two, it kind of feels that way sometimes, which is kind of frustrating for my friend who I watched this with described it as like the hardest game of lemmings you would ever play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um uh so uh, she finds a gun around about now as well. There are only a few bullets, I think she's got like five bullets or something. Um she's sneaking around with the gun. Uh she's gonna do a a stealth kill on the tiger. She yeah, can she approach it, it from behind. But yeah, she fucks it. She, she fucks up the button prompts. And yeah, meanwhile, Tom has just also wandered off and is just watching the, the TV again. He's watching the video. Is he watching the video again? I think so. Jesus Christ, Tom. Change the record. Change the video. Sorry. Stick something else on. Stick on, uh, I don't know, what could distract the tiger. Just some, some classic David Attenborough. Put the like if you've got it on DVD, you could fast forward towards the end of the Jungle Book where the tiger gets got. Oh, Manel, horror film. Fire <laughs> as well. That, that would give you that would give you the idea for fucking up with fire, uh, which obviously Kelly does get soon. Yeah, it could give them some inspiration as to how they could get rid of the sort the tiger. Oh, tigers don't like fire. Well, posh English ones don't. Hmm. At the very least, um, <laughs> posh English ones. <laughs> What's his name? Shere Khan. Shere Khan. And then I imagine that having been scared by fire, he moves to the town from Tailspin and becomes a businessman. Yeah. So he must get over That's it. pretty much what happens. Such a big, such a big strong jewel that that tiger's got. Yeah. Like Bruce Horser. Anyway. <laughs> so at some point as well now, Kelly kind of gets out. She managed to like break the boards of a window and climb out, but I think she's been separated from Tom, isn't she? Yeah, so Tom has been separated from her, and having had this hallucination where she imagined him saying, actually being eaten by a tiger isn't so bad, she's about to escape in the car, and then she kind of pauses 
and thinks probably not great if I leave my little brother to be eaten by a tiger, is it? Yeah, I mean, it'd be quite the story, you know. My little brother's been killed, has he? How did he go? Got killed um, by a tiger. Killed by a tiger. I mean, if I... Uh, so she goes... What, what, what thing to have a new house. gravestone? Yeah. I mean, it seems like he wants to go that way. He's like, oh, it'd be a pretty cool way to die. Um, so when she goes back in and finds him, she, like, does this whole thing where she promises to never, ever abandon him. Obviously, there's some guilt based on the fact. And it's obviously some guilt, but also some metaphor there as well the fact that she nearly left him on his own with a tiger but also she nearly left him on his own before when she was going to go to college anyway so now yeah. she's saying like she's never going to abandon him she's always going to be there for him and she tries to rationalize with him and like oh, i'm sorry mom left you left left you as well because he's clearly suffering that and he's got i think he's gone up and he's got his mom's um he's got his mom's like robe or the dress again that they're yeah, so obviously the, 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 abandonment, the abandonment issues are going to be prevalent. The fact that he feels abandoned by his mum and now it seems like Kelly's going to abandon him. In a way, that's probably making some of the some of the sort of thing, triggers for his autism a lot, a lot worse. I and guess, the tiger's actually. already done its best Michael Myers at this point as well. It's looked in through the cupboard and it's smashed it all. So the tiger's smashed several rooms of the house already. It smashes through cupboards. It smashes through like a... Pretty much makes a hole in the wall, doesn't it? No, sorry, Kelly makes a hole in the wall that they climb through. The tiger comes after them, and it's at this point as well where Tom's there's like an inch between the tiger's paw and Tom's head, and he's just like, Go on in, fucking <laughs> dare you, do it, have a go, have a go if you think you're hard enough. In Kelly's previous escape, as well, we've got the first reaction to the tiger from fire because at one point, when it's fighting her in the kitchen, when she fails to get it with the gun. She manages to spook him away because he's on top of the the oven. She's quickly able to put the hob rings on. To, yeah, yeah, of course. He's all bumming out my feet, and he's. I struggle uh, with that. I always struggle with that. Like I'm always like, <laughs> I went tick 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 tick. Come on, come on. Um, yeah. So what Kelly does now is um, she goes with the classic '90s schoolboy flamethrower, gets the Lynx Africa out. Never fails. Never fails. <laughs> Gets the Lynx Africa out and he goes, oh, bloody stinks. Yeah, um, but yeah, unfortunately, the um, just having a, a match or a candle is not going to cut it. So she gets a Lynx Africa and then she makes herself a torch, Indiana Jones style, with a broken broom handle and some, some cloth. Yeah. So they're, so they're, ready, to, they're ready to go. They go on the stairs and the type... I don't understand how this bit works. There's a bit where the tiger's like pouncing down the stairs at them and she sort of bops it with the... Um, yeah, I thought maybe the, she... And it changes course in the air. Tiger's going to weigh so much, it's not going to move. maybe the tiger would have lit on fire at that point. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. But she kind of boops it. flammable. She, yeah, she, she, she... Bo she boops it with the fire. He's like, look, you know. But at this point, there's a bit of a standoff where clearly the tiger's afraid of the fire. And she's managing to keep. She just shoots it in the head yeah. at this point as well, and it doesn't do she anything. Does. She shoots it in the head. He catches it, and he's got like a. He basically just got like a bit of jam donut on his head, but otherwise he's fine. It was like a ricochet straight off his. I don't know how thick a tiger's skull is, but it seemed to just ricochet off of its, off of its head, which would be annoying. When it, that's a boss, that is. That's a final boss. Oh yeah, yeah I've got it. Right oh here. no, and I've only got pistol rounds. Um, so they're in Devastated. the. They're, they're there, they've, they've bashed the tiger. It has been eating the blobs of mint, so it's got it's full of Viagra. Yeah. 
She's bashed it with the torch and shot it in the head. Um, yeah, it's in a state of severe confusion. And then, a ba- yeah. and then basically um, just has to, and again, against his protests, make Tom get into the freezer. She goes, I know you understand me, like, get in. Yeah, um, so there's a freezer that obviously Johnny, we're going to full name him, Johnny Gavinu, every time. <laughs> Johnny Gavinu. He brought, he brought a massive freezer, obviously, to store all of the tiger's favourite food, which is... All of his uh, accessories. Ice, Iceland frozen spaghetti bolognese meals. Uh, he loves them. <laughs> <laughs> some uh, uh, some Mr. Freezes in the summer. Mr. Freeze in the summer for a treat. But obviously this freezer's not got anything in it and it's not plugged in. Is that right? It's not plugged in. Yeah, it's it's well, it's been tipped over at very least, so it's not going to freeze them yeah. to death. It's basically so, a coffin. So... <laughs> so they can hide in the coffin and be safe from the tiger. Yep. So they hide inside. Um, the tiger can't get in, which is handy. And basically the tiger... Doesn't the tiger just fuck off? Just chips off, right? It just chips goes, off. Oh, right. I guess and I can't then, get in there. See ya. And then Ke- Kelly sings a lullaby for Tom and essentially they all fall, they both fall asleep, right? I wish I'd get asleep that right. She just says, right, Tom, we're just going to get asleep. And he goes, all right. <laughs> I, I, tell you, I tell you what, Ben, sometimes I can't sleep when I've got some admin to do. And be like, oh, God, I really need to sort out that paperwork, but oh. Insurance is going to expire quite soon. Got to look that up. Got to look up if I need to get if I could be getting a better deal. Yeah. Or you start to relive that really horrific, embarrassing moment from when you were fourteen uh, at that birthday party when that girl you liked and you remember what you said. You remember what you said. Shouldn't have said that. Like you, you know, that, that time <laughs> I blew specific? that. Too specific. Too re- specific. Remember, remember, that time, remember that time I really ruined ruined that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Essentially, the next morning, Kelly wakes up. There's a sound of drilling. Johnny Gavinu has come back from an all-nighter at the pub. <laughs> Pulled an all-nighter down the pub. Pulled an all-nighter. Um, he's got his McDonald's go. breakfast on him. So. <laughs> he's got his McDonald's breakfast on him, sobering up. He comes in with, like, a rifle, obviously ready to... Get the tiger. What he, thinks, what he thinks has happened is the tiger has been in there, killed both of them. And it's just gonna t- be all fat, full of meat, just like. And I'm like, yeah, so full, of, so full of kids. I'm so um, full of kids. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, she she comes in, confronts him, and he's a bit surprised. It's Johnny Gavin, you that they're alive, and just yeah, we're not dead actually. No thanks to you. And I know that. Um, I know, in fact, that you were doing this for the insurance money. And he goes, yeah. Uh, I guess uh, no point denying it. Uh, sorry, he said an all night. That's why he's yawning. Um, <laughs> uh, he says, yeah, no point, no, no point denying it. I was going to get you for the insurance money, uh, but then again, who's who's ever going to believe you? While I'm here, I might, might as well admit that I killed your mum as well. Yeah, she was fine. I overdosed her. Um, That's unnecessary, isn't it? Like, I mean, I know it's unnecessary to do that, but unnecessary to reveal that you did that as well. Also, while I'm at it. I killed your mum. Yeah, and so also, like, I've never really liked uh, Lord of the Rings films, also. And they go, what? Absolutely disgraceful. But yeah, obviously, he's, yeah. He's, he's a he's, bad bastard. He's just bringing out all these things that he doesn't like. So I think the living wage is too high, in fact. 
I, I vote I Tory just... every single general election, and I always <laughs> tell people I vote Green. <laughs> well, yeah. that's me. Uh, so my secret. Yeah, so I will um, never face any comeuppance to this at all. Um, I guess of all the negative things that happen, Kelly might be, I don't think she's this this shallow, but she might have been upset to realise that upon um, Johnny being back in the house, apparently she's no longer the most beautiful person because um <laughs> of course because the tiger sees him and goes oh, i'll accept this bad dad sacrifice i guess and just yeah. gets him so garrett dillahunt is murdered by a tiger for the, for the second, first time for the career. first time for the first time in his career so, uh, 10 years later he will be murdered by a tiger again a zombie tiger an undead tiger in army of the dead so um does he take it pretty well i, I don't know this didn't seem like a, too much of a brutal attack because there isn't much gore there isn't much all that much blood there's like a streak of blood on the floor but all of the gore essentially happens off screen we only see johnny kind of looking down as he's i guess torn apart by the time yes. he looks he looks down he looks down like he's just woken up after a long nap yeah he looks down like oh oh that hurts that's a, oh you dirty boy he so, ends up, um yeah so he's been he's been got and then kelly and tom Step out the house. Kelly kind of has a look back at the tiger. I don't know look what they're doing. The, the tiger, tiger, the tiger sort of goes. They look back at the tiger. They give the tiger two thumbs up, and they say, "It was stressful, but I'm glad we got through it and made we've friends learned, with this tiger. We've, we've learned to live with each other, and now we part as not not friends, but like we're rivals with a respect for one another. <laughs> yeah, we've been through it. So they sneak out the house walking outside that everything's smushed because of the hurricane uh, and they just walk away presuming this is the start this is the end of this film but the start of a new film where the tiger goes on a rampage picking apart a community that has been ravaged by a hurricane who think things can't possibly get any worse and then the tiger's tiger just walks there. in tiger turns um, up well i don't know it depends if the police have got that email i guess they should the have, police they should have got the email. They, they should I reckon they've got a lot of emails to work through after the morning after a hurricane. <laughs> the wind's really fast. What's going on? They've only you would, <laughs> when you were scrolling your inbox though, you'd look at the, the one that was titled Tiger in House. Unless she accidentally titled it. She did I don't wanna I don't wanna panic anybody, so I'll put the title of it um slight Ring me first. <laughs> Ring me first. Slight issue. Uh, unexpected, unexpected intruder. house guest, unexpected yeah. house guest. Wink, wink. Tiger emoji. There we go, and that's so, the end. Yeah, if they've got that email, they would go. Um, Tom appears to have made some progress, and you know he reaches and and holds her hand, meaning perhaps that we've shown that he's quite affectionate with her mom. Perhaps he has come to accept yeah. that he can not be quite so fearful of uh, of his sister and uh, that she does really want to take care of him. You'd be very tempted at this point to be petty and go, ah, Tom, no touch. Thanks. Uh, she's, um, <laughs> Tom, no uh, touch. And then turns, enough. And then no turns touch, to the camera. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give us a pain when we tell. But no, she uh, she doesn't. She <laughs> It's not a dickhead and she is nice about it. Touches him. There we um, go. Yeah, and we assume they go off to be Fine, they'll get their money back, I guess. 
Yeah, there we go. So, end of that, end of that film. Uh, have you got any name game with in Luke's absence? I've got some for you, Ben. Bear with me just a second. Okay. I bring up my I've name got, games for you. I've got only one. So when you're bringing them up, I'll give you, I'll give you one. Go on, then. I'll give you one. So, um, a girl and her autistic brother get stuck in a house with Derek Zoolander, but can easily evade him as he can't follow, for he can only turn one direction and not another. Ah, uh, it's turning right. It's turning right. Now, I believe in the film, he can't turn left. So he can only turn... <laughs> I guess so. He can only I mean, turn right. That was my pathetic attempt. Oh, no, I, I had that as one of mine as well, Ben. I was going to say that... Um, <laughs> what's his name again? Johnny... Johnny Gavin. Johnny Gavin, you attempts to get rid of his... Um, his stepson and daughter by damaging their car, meaning that they couldn't turn, they can't turn left as they uh, <laughs> oh, navigate yeah. the for treacherous mountain range, and that was going to be called turning right. So, for next one, then, um, enraged actor um, <laughs> John Barrowman burns a copy of M. Night Shyamalan's Old, immolates it in a fire. What is that film called? He burns a cup burning. It's burning, isn't it? Yeah, it's burning. But what did John Barrowman famously describe old as? Ah, oh, what did he describe it as? Shite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> burning shite. Burning shite. I haven't seen old. I've heard it's fine. Um, the next one, um, Johnny Gavinu conspires to transport his stepson and daughter back in time where they will no doubt perish in the dark ages however the pair are saved by a um a member of nobility in a in a suit of armor who primarily works um converting milk into butter <laughs> i mean it's a it's a great it's great but it's a churning night it's a churning night correct um the next one um Johnny Gavinu um, attempts to rid himself of his stepson and daughter by sending them on an expedition up a uh, up Mount Everest, hoping to find the, the exact the exact altitude where their faces will contort into uh, comically uh, hideous faces. <laughs> Gurning height. Gurning height, correct. <laughs> wow. And finally, um, in the modern era where people are so desensitized by violent movies, television, and video games, um, long-term slasher killer Freddy Krueger has to work really, really hard to get a fear reaction out of um, Johnny Gavinu's stepson and daughter, who he's employed to scare them. Earning fright. Earning fright. Freddy Krueger has to work real hard. Oh, no, honestly, I was kind of there. I was kind of not there. <laughs> Earning fright. Very good. You got them all. These are great. These are great. Is that the end? That's the end. Yeah, I had turning wow. right as my last. Superb. One. Great work. Superb. Great work. Great work, me. 
and you for the first one, of course. Um, so I guess all we got to do now is rate the movie. So Andy, where do you stand on Burning Bright? You know what? Like I've I've come back to this movie a couple of times because I think conceptually it's just a it's a fun idea from 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 a concept. Like you write this down on a piece of paper, you know exactly what you're going to get. It's people stuck in a claustrophobic environment with a tiger in the house and a hurricane outside. Does that concept deliver on what it could have done? Maybe not quite. Um, But especially talking about it today, I am interested in what they tried to do with a character, with a character piece here. I think, however sensitively done or heavy-handed the the work that they did on Tom's character may or may not be we we can't really comment on that but I do think there are some interesting things to unpack with Kelly's character and how she responds to being in a really difficult situation and being a carer for someone who it can be very difficult to be around so I think there are some good things to take from that movie in in, in, in that sense. And as I say, conceptually, it's fine. Effects-wise, it's very difficult because, let's face it, with modern sensibilities in the post-Tiger King world, we're all more far more acutely aware that using actual animals in your in your films is probably is, is not cool, right? Like, why would you want to have a tiger in your film unless it's a nature film showing a tiger living in the wild? So it's really hard to deliver this film in the sense, but I do like some of the concepts behind it um yeah so interesting idea not the best executed i would recommend it's a decent background curiosity watch so you've seen it especially if you're going through an animal creature feature animals attack phase um but mm. i would give this film just a little more than a flat d i'll give it that um I'll give it a D plus, which would be that's the Choco Krispies hope of the plus. <laughs> Choco Krispies hope. Uh, I think I agree with like a lot of the points you made. Um, definitely interesting as a character piece. I, yeah, I guess as a possibly a bit heavy handed in places. Maybe didn't give us quite enough in others. It's pretty dumb as a film it's dumb and i like dumb films when they're fun and this is only fun occasionally it doesn't you're right this is a this is dumb this is a dumb film that tries to have a serious message so it's tough yeah in many ways if tom Tom was just you know if tom didn't have an actual condition if he was just a bratty kid that was making things difficult so you could actively say oh you've been a dickhead like mm. that would make it for maybe a more fun film, like maybe a brother and sister that didn't get on and had a more com- comical sense, fine. But because it's has a more serious subject matter in the character relationship, it's hard to have as much fun with it, right? Yeah, I think it just, it struggles. I think it ran out, even as a short film, it feels like it runs out of ideas pretty quickly. It's kind of just, oh, there's a tiger in here. Oh, don't get too close. Whoa, watch out. How can we keep it at bay this many times? Um, and I think it suffered from the lack of gore. We needed to see this tiger properly maul more than one person for us to really feel like, oh, shit. That it's an evil tiger. That tiger's evil. The fact that we kind of see it just bite a finger 
And then we're supposed to think like it can't even effectively pick off these two. Come on. I reckon you'd be lock me in the house with these two. And I would fuck them up. <laughs> I mean, Bash them with a hammer. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, what What would you feel, Ben, if I was to tell you, what if I could have in this film, what if Burning Bright became Home Alone 3? And in the house, you've got Harry, Marv, Kevin McAllister, and that tiger. Would you be more up for that? Oh, yeah. I mean, to watch any film with Harry, Marv, and Kevin McAllister, played by the original actors, of course, yeah. I'd have a tiger. Any, in any format. Add a tiger to the mix? Sure. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, I feel like it, it, it struggled for that. I found it a bit a bit one note. I feel like sometimes when you're watching a movie and you're a bit like, well, where's it? How are they going to get out of this scenario? Oh, I don't know. I feel like I'm I did have a point to make, but it's it's already gone. It's already gone down a fucking no, laundry chute. It's, it's late. Or up but, the laundry chute. Um, <laughs> it's gone down, a, down a bloody laundry suit. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't feel... I feel with something like Crawl, you genuinely feel like the effects... You genuinely feel scared, but also you're like, Jesus Christ, this is insane. How much more insane can it get? With this film, sure, as a, as a concept, it's out there, but that's kind of where it starts and stops. Tiger yeah. in a house during a hurricane, that's it. It doesn't go anywhere crazy. Like crawl goes in lots of different interesting directions where you'd like in these in these films about survival, especially with animal attacks, you're like, how much worse can it get? How can it how are they gonna get out of this scenario? But it feels like there aren't that many scenarios that it puts these characters in. So for that reason, I didn't get on with it massively well. I'm probably just gonna go for a flat D, I think, because D flat. D flat, yeah, and I think it was very obvious that Tiger wasn't really there, wasn't it? Most of no. the time, yeah, very true. I think the effects it didn't have quite the budget to make that as seamless as it could have been. Uh, one more question for you, then, Ben. In yes. order of situations you would least like to be in the crawl situation, the burning bright situation, or the link situation, I would least like to be. Which one? Which the, one? Which one do you think you have the best odds of best to worst odds of surviving? I think crawl was probably the worst odds of surviving because you're most there's a lot of scenarios where you're in water alongside killer alligators. Yeah. So you're in their habitat trying to survive. When you're in their habitat and you're trying to survive, you're screwed. A tiger in a house. Tigers aren't in houses very often. Yeah. I reckon you could confuse, disorientate a tiger. I reckon if you went into another room and piled enough things against the door, that tiger ain't getting in. Yeah. Tigers are strong, but you know. Um, so I reckon crawl, then burning bright, and then link. I feel most confident about running away from link. Because so I don't reckon he, he seemed as fast as perhaps we were supposed to think. Um, Elizabeth Shue outran him uh, quite. So I reckon that's the order for me. What about you? Um, alligators, I feel like I wouldn't have tried to save anyone because didn't have anyone to take care of. You just got up on the roof with the dog straight away. I could have stayed out, could have stayed out of there. I don't remember yeah. the specifics of, of Oh yeah, of, dog. Of I forgot about the dog. I'd have rescued that dog and I'd have been I'd have been gone. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna put that one down. I think 
you're right with the tiger barricading in the house. Um, Link, I think I would have, that might have started before it had stopped because I wouldn't have known to turn the gas off. He'd have blown that house up himself when I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Pokemon that, I'd, have been playing, I'd have been playing that on the Switch and the house would have exploded. The presser would have got back and then gone, what's happened to Link? Oh, he blew up the oven, didn't he? Soz. <laughs> it's like, oh, I was going to have him euthanized anyway. Um, so there you go. So maybe, yeah, I think I'm with you on Link and then I might... No, actually, I'm, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to agree with you. Those alligators were all up in everyone's business. And they're eventually, as the water rises, we'd probably even get you on the roof. So, yeah, I'm with you. Alligators, worst. Tiger, second. As long as it didn't sneak up on you and you could just barricade a door with enough stuff, then, yeah. then that's enough fine. Prep, enough prep like Batman, you'd be all right. Yeah, enough prep uh, like Batman. Oh, just go up in the loft or something. Tiger yeah, can't get up there. So it's good. Um, okay, there we go. That's that. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to our current patrons who are John Crinan, patron against his will, Ben Scaife. He was on a, he was on a bloody episode last week. Ben Scaife, remember him? Uh, Stephen Christopher, Laura Kendrick, Toby Miller, Scott Rigby, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Wendy Miller, and Pazuzu. Thank you all for your support. It means a bloody lot. Um, so, yeah, thanks to Kovac Cowman for our theme music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors uh, to chat to us there. Next week, we're going to be doing the Amityville, sorry, we're going to be doing the Amityville Horror the original and a bit of the remake as well. That should be fun. So yeah, join us next week for that. Yeah. Watch out for tigers also, in your house, guys. Watch out for the tigers in your house. Maybe check, look into each new room you go into before just to check there are any jungle cats in there. Um, but yeah, and thanks to my co-host Andy for being a reet horror dude. Thanks to you too, Ben. And thanks to you, Luke, being a right horror dude, wherever you are. Not cancelled or poorly, don't worry. Not cancel her poorly, possibly asleep though. Yeah. Good night, Luke. Sleep tight. <laughs> Sweet dreams. <laughs> no, they're not about tigers. Or oh, what if they are? He did watch this film in preparation. Oh yeah. And without without unpicking it, he probably doesn't realise that they were never in the same room. He's probably still worried. If you've listened <laughs> this far, Luke, it's all right. It was just a film. It's just a film, mate. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, see you next week. See you later. See you later. Bye.